What's up, everybody? This is Mikey Sanchez. We're on episode 27, and this is a really cool one. One of our very own members here, uh, Lisette, who is engaged to sell. So, uh, we sat down with her and talked about her life, um, really the things she went through um, growing up, and then how God brought her to meet Sal, and then really the places that God's taught and brought her, even from meeting him to where she's at today. And then there was a cool discussion at the end where they began to ask me a couple of questions about marriage. And so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and God bless. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening to get to hang out, Father. <laughs> oh, no, dude. <laughs> you best believe that's staying in the oh, cut. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's, it's official now. Oh, my gosh. I want to know what made you laugh. Just the whole moment. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I suck holding my laughing so that's no, gonna be great. Oh man, it's gonna be a fun night. We might need to give her a little bit. Just just so you know, we might need to give her like a, like at least five minutes right now. Because I'm gonna I'll do a quick one. Welcome to Redeem Podcast episode 27. Sal, why don't you kick us off in prayer? <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this evening, Father. Just bless this fellowship, bless the conversation. May be fruitful. Thank you for my fiance. In Jesus' name. Amen. Redeem podcast. Amen. <laughs> we had to keep it a little short on the prayer today because Lisette was about to burst into laughter. We you know, was, me too. If you watch the footage yeah. later back, bro, you're going to see that I was uh, almost laughing. <laughs> Very cool. Lisette, how are you doing today? Good. Right on. Why don't you tell Redeem podcast a little bit about yourself? Um. So my name is Lisette. Um, <laughs> I... I'm part of Redeem Church. Um, I do a lot of the setup for the podcasts and the Sunday services and Wednesday services also. I'm also your fiance. Mm. So just throw that in <laughs> there. Just throwing that in there. You know, just taking part of the resume. <laughs> yeah. Um uh what else do you want to know? Um cool. She's an open book. Do you have yeah. any I'm gonna ask Mike if Mike has any questions mm. for her. <clears throat> As he finishes chewing his eyes. So sorry, bro. What's going on? Okay. Reeling it in. Reel it in. Let's go. What's He's up? back to it. <laughs> he said, yes. oh my gosh, I met you, gosh, on Christian Mingle. Let's get it out oh on the gosh. table tonight. Just like All right? that? Just, Just like that. that. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. And the Lord, people have their opinions about it. I have my opinions about it. Ultimately, we know what the Lord did within the, the first few interactions of us talking together and praying and seeking the Lord and has brought us to this place where we're now about to enter into marriage within a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And I, how do you feel? <laughs> That's, it's honestly crazy. I mean, I just know like the Lord had a plan for me the whole time mm-hmm. and how he used like Christian Mingle as a source of like meeting you was just crazy altogether. I mean, that's like a whole story yeah. that we can go into. I'm kind of curious about that story. So, okay. So how it started was um, I was on and off on Christian Mingle because mm-hmm. my friend, my maid of honor, Alana, shout out Alana. She's uh, living in Kentucky right now. But um, when she was out here, we would hang out a lot. And she was the one that went on Christian Mingle first. 
And she was telling me like, hey, there's this app, like you should go on it, you can meet like Christian guys. And I was like skeptical because I never was a believer of online dating. Mm. But I mean, I I went on it because I was like, okay, like, you know, what do I have to lose basically? So mm. I had it twice and I, it was like on and off. I wouldn't mm. use it and I wouldn't like hit anybody up, you know, and it was like I would erase it. And then like the second time again and then the third time, I don't know what was different. Oh, you know what? I do know what was different. So she met a guy on Christian Mingle and he was he was close. He had like a good job. He was a Christian. So I saw like they had a, a short relationship. And then I was like, oh, well, if she found someone after that long, then like there must be someone out there then. Right. It could be a possibility. It could work. So the third time I was serious about it, I was like, okay, I'm going to come up with like a whole bio description of like who I am what I want like what I'm doing with my life and like we'll see where it goes and I was trying to be serious about it and um yeah I mean during the I think the four weeks maybe like the month that I had it after that he messaged me um I had it for about a month and I I um had nothing in my bio I just had a few pictures I I I just put music yeah surf yeah, Jesus. I had seen his profile before, and I was like, that was it. "That's it." I was like, "Never mind," and <laughs> I went guy, back. This guy surfs, <laughs> yeah. likes music, and loves Jesus, and that's yeah. it. That's all I got. So, um, yeah. So he, I was starting nursing school. Mm. Um, I was like gonna start nursing school for the second time, and mm. that's like, should I go on with that? Y- yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I was starting nursing school, and this was the second year because the first year that I was in nursing school, I had failed it. Um, and I, it was regarding like my last relationship, Mm. um, where we had broken up a long time ago, but it was still like an on and off kind of thing. Someone lingering in your life. Yeah. Someone lingering. And he like, and I I think it was honestly like it was all God because, um, when that was the last time he came back into my life and it really distracted me. And in the process, I failed nursing school because I prior, you have to like be on top of nursing school and um i prioritized like trying to see where things were going with him instead of being focused on school so i i felt and during that one year man it was like like god really grabbed a hold of my heart like he was i i started to really pursue a relationship with the lord and my mind just like my mind and my heart were just focused on different things after that so this coming year like or that coming year that I had met him um the first day that he messaged me I was like interested in the conversation but I had a fear that I was going to be distracted with him I felt like is he from God or is he from like the enemy you know Mm -hmm. is he like just a distraction or could he possibly be from the Lord so I was just I was scared and it was like all out of fear and I told him, like, I, I rejected him. I was like, hey, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I'm starting nursing school. Well, and- we, we had a, before she got to rejecting me, we did have a, a quick dialogue on mm-hmm. this because they have, like, the chat mm-hmm. on Christian oh, yeah. Mingle. You have to pay for it. He paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I actually, actually, oh, I told myself man. I would not pay for it. So I was like, whoever's going to contact me is going to be the one mm-hmm. paying for it. So he paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I did. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. Um, and so I messaged her just like something simple, like, hey, how's it going? Um, and got a message back. And then we started a dialogue that, within just the first like messaging 
quickly turned into like, hey, like we're going back and forth, like really asking each other questions about each other, mm-hmm. about what we do in life, um, things that are interesting about each other. And that I hadn't had, I had only been on the site for like a month. And I had not had that. I had a lot of weirdos, <laughs> honestly, approach um, myself. And it, it just was like, I, I was ready to kind of just be like, okay, like I'm done with this thing. Mm. Um, and I also too, just as a side note, I felt conflicted that I was even using it. Um, Did you feel a similar thing? No, I no, didn't. You, you cool, no, like, Yeah, I thought because my friend was a strong believer and her sure. brothers were on it. So I thought it's a, it's a way feel, of didn't meeting. Didn't feel anything. I no. didn't feel anything wrong about That's it, cool. no. But I understood where he com- came from. Yeah. So we talked about it Was later. that Was that interesting when you first heard that he felt that way? Uh, well, it actually happened uh, kind of like Stop. a... <laughs> um, so I wanted, after we started talking... Um, well, let me let me finish that. Yeah, story please. Really quick. Yeah, yeah, take and your then time. I'll get to take it. your time. So, um, when I had rejected him, the following day was my first day of nursing school, and I finished like early. We had an early day, and I was on my way back home, and I just had like, oh, because he sent me at the end of our conversation, he sent me the page to redeemed, and so I looked through all his pictures and all of his videos, and I was like, whoa, like this guy has a heart for the Lord. Mm. And I was just watching them, trying to see if I can, like, see who he was, you mm-hmm. know, in the videos. And I just saw that he was very kind and very, like, sincere in his mm-hmm. studies. And I, like, was instantly... You to his studies? Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. did, yeah. And I was instantly intrigued. And mm-hmm. so the next day, I was, like, lingering in, on mm-hmm. it. And I was like, no, like, what if this is just from the enemy? And so I called my friend Alana. Mm-hmm. And she, I told her, I was like, hey, there's this guy that I met. And... um I don't really know much about him, but we had a conversation and I'm kind of like stuck between like, you know, these thoughts that I have of being in fear or like if this is like potential. Mm. And she's like, send me a picture of him. So I sent her a picture and she's like, Lizette, I know this guy. She's like, I went to Golden Springs and he's in the worship ministry and I've seen him like like even outside, like I guess they had like group dinners and she went one time and he was there also. A pursuit. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So she was like, I know him. I know that he's very involved in church. She's like, you're missing out. She's like, if you don't reply, you're missing out. And mm. so I contemplated and I was like, well, I already rejected him. Like, what is he going to think? You know? And mm. she was like, just what's the worst that can happen? She's mm. like, just try it. She's like, I'm telling you, this is someone who is good. And so I messaged him and literally that day he was like, okay, you're down to meet. I was like, yeah. He's like, okay, meet me tonight. And we met that day. And then ever since this is what happened. Yeah. yeah this is what started. Well, one thing I actually told her was because she told me she she said in messages that she needed to focus on school. Yeah. And she said, hey, you seem like a nice guy, but I, I have to focus on school. I believe this is what the Lord's called me to. So I was left with this moment of, ah, oh, great. I finally have a great conversation <laughs> with a beautiful girl. And right away, she's saying she shouldn't even be talking to me. So I was just like, okay, I was ready to pull the plug on the whole Christian mingle mm-hmm. thing too at that point. And so I told her, but I felt, you know what? Here's a Christian girl following after what the Lord is calling her to do. Mm-hmm. So I just sent her uh, a message saying, when the Lord calls you to something, there's nothing that can pull you away from that. So you just go serve the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um it was nice to talk to you, something mm-hmm. like that, something simple like that. 
Um, and I also told her to, I understand what it is to be busy. Like, mm -hmm. Hey, like I got you, like mm -hmm. you need to focus. Cool. And what's crazy is how the Lord even used that as like, okay, it's showed her. She explained to me that, okay, this guy's focus is also on the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's not just, you know, like angry off oh, forget you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So we met at a coffee shop and right away that was it like it was grew just like together. Yeah. yeah and then um so coming to your question about the whole about how we felt about christian mingle so there was one night where i had the night off i got the night off and i was like hey i can like come to a bible study he was like really he's like you're gonna meet my family and like you're gonna meet my people and like he's like i don't i don't really <laughs> so at this point i was like not getting the hint that he like wanted me there right and so we ended up, I like prayed about it throughout the night and I was like, hey, maybe, you know, maybe we should wait. We should mm -hmm. wait on it. And so later he told me that how he felt about um, meeting, have met me through Christian Mingle. And I, I, sh I shared with him, like, I don't think it was a bad thing. You know, people at my church like used it and um, I don't think it's a sin. I think if anything, it's a way of like God connecting people, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how you do it nowadays. It's like, I was never a believer of online dating ever, but mm -hmm. that's just kind of, the thing to yeah. do you know so. I, i'm intrigued by your conviction about it i like it um it's funny like i got the chance to teach at a retirement home for years and i was always one of the things i loved to do while i was at the retirement home and it wasn't a convalescent home it was a retirement home mm -hmm. so you had like husbands and wives living there together mm -hmm. people that were formerly ministry and i started teaching there just as a fill-in for one one time mm -hmm. and then like the guy who was seeing before like was bailed and nobody told me so i didn't go the following week because i was just asked to teach one day mm -hmm. and then they had like nobody teach them the following week and then i heard about that and i told pastor dale i'm like hey like that place i went and taught like i heard those people had nobody mm -hmm. he's like yeah like you want you want to do it and i was just like it was literally just dropped on me but in the season of doing that one of the things the lord put in my heart was I would eat lunch with them afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would teach and then I would go into their little lunch hall with them and I would sit down and join them for lunch. And it was there in conversation that I began to realize what a heathen my actual lifestyle seemed to mm -hmm. them. Right. So they would say things like, Oh, when I was young and my family is involved in ministry, I, I can remember sneaking away and going to a movie theater. <laughs> and I was like, mm -hmm. I couldn't even <laughs> fathom like that. Somebody would have a problem with you going I'm like, was uh, it like a rated R movie? Mm -hmm. Like, Oh no, but Christians don't go to movie oh, theaters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, really? Okay. I didn't know that. And then one of them began to share about how, when she was young, how her dad said that they would never go on a plane. They were mm -hmm. like, Oh, Christians don't ride on planes like really christians don't ride on planes like what, what do you believe that I asked her and she's like oh no i don't feel like that now but when we were young that's the, that was the way it was and i was like why and she was like well because if god intended for us to fly then he would have made us to be able to fly and now man's technology and their progression of technology mm -hmm. is now taking humanity to a place they never belonged mm -hmm. and i was like Oh, that's crazy that they felt that strongly about flying on a plane. Right. Mm -hmm. And so 
but one of the things I started learning as I would listen to them, I was like, man, like perception of what's right and what's wrong really changes with what you're used to, you know? Yeah. And I'm a very disconnected, in some ways I'm very connected to like my generation in some ways, musically, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But in some ways I'm very disconnected. Like I have to ask Max for help for anything. I don't even know, this is embarrassing, but just one ever since you, I struggle sending an email. Like I'm, I'm serious. Like I don't, I like, I'll, I'll be like, what, did, what, what am I supposed to write on this part right here? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't send emails. I don't, I'll, I'll respond to them if somebody sends me something, but I'm very poor with that stuff. And so I had to really ask myself what my perspective on things like Christian mingle dating online, like, was I, am I at the turn of a century to be like that person who felt about airplanes, mm -hmm. you know, cause there's a similar, I don't know if you noticed the way I pitched that, but there's a similar yeah. line mm -hmm. of yeah. connection there by saying like, well, you know, humanity and their technology and the progression of technology is taking Christians right. to a place that they, you know, they, they God really does that what God wanted. And I, and one of the questions I'd ask myself as a, as a, an influencer in Christians lives around me, is how much is my perspective cultural and how much of it is biblical, mm -hmm. right? And so when when you live in a time era where things are cha rapidly changing separately from what you see biblically, right? Like, like uh, Paul wouldn't have to address a Christian buying a Dodge Viper, right? Mm -hmm. And some Christians might say like, hey, investing that much money in something that is like a race car that's not really spiritual right. you know mm -hmm. but paul wouldn't address that directly because there's no dodge vipers back then right mm -hmm. and so it's topics like dating online yeah i'm very i'm very like encouraged in hearing you tell your story because there isn't this feeling within you that like well, i'm just gonna go and do this like mm -hmm. you're like dude this is this is like my people they're my my family and brothers and sisters in the lord like this is this is totally and so I feel I could I could tell that this is one of those moments where when I was in that retirement home mm -hmm. where somebody transitioned from at one point in their life, they felt like they were sneaking away and sinning against God to go watch a movie, theater, you know, a movie in the movie theater or hiding the fact that they met at a shopping mall instead of met, meeting in church. Mm -hmm. Right. That's another thing culturally. Like, like, do you met you met your wife at? the mall like what were you even doing at the mall you know that was that's a perspective yeah. for yeah, people right. and then going all the way back what sounded radical to me the idea of like thinking it's sin to be on a plane and now you look at past i mean that's like that's like we use that mm -hmm. i mean to go on mission trips and stuff like that but yeah. at a, a certain point that was that was that and so right. i'm always staying open to like not just being an outdated person but a person whose application is spiritual and biblical based mm -hmm. not just cultural like what's normal to you and not normal to you hmm. so that's super cool though so so fast forward like actually i kind of want to rewind like we're like okay that's where you two guys come together but mm -hmm. like leading up to how the lord enters are you raised in a christian home are you like so okay so that's like i wanted i felt led to share that because i wanted to i wanted to share that well like god did in my life mm -hmm. in that way um so before him, um, my mom got married at, when I was seven years old. So prior, I had a biological dad. And uh, we grew up Catholic. And um, my dad left when I was about seven. 
Uh, so during that same time, actually, my mom got married and she got married to my stepdad, but I call him my dad, Oscar. Do you remember and your, your... Yes. Yeah, okay. I remember him. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, and so my my dad, Oscar, he is a Christian. And so my mom, then we start going to Christian church. And then um, I start to see like the difference between the way a Catholic church runs and then a Christian church runs. And so as from very little, I was a believer of God. I, I knew that there was a God and, and I never doubted that ever. Um, so I went through my years of just rebellion at one point because my parents were very into like they were going to the church. They were trying to get me to go to church. And like at some point when I was in high school and I was like seeing all my friends do like worldly things, I was like, I want to be out there doing that, like not going to church, you know. Um, so for a little bit, I was in the world, uh, for a period of time I was in the world and, um, then like junior high, high school. Yeah. That was like junior high and high school mm. up until actually up until I graduated mm. high school. Yeah. Even senior year, I was still in between like the world and not, mm. and, uh, I was always a believer, like I said, so my parents would take me to church and I would sit there and I'd feel convicted because of mm. the things that I was doing outside. But that would still, I mean, I would, you know, it would be Monday and I'd still be doing the same things. For sure. Um, so there was a period after I graduated high school where um, I stopped, I stopped smoking. Mm. And um, uh, cigarettes, weed, weed. Like, okay. It, yeah. Weed. That was like a big, like you liked weed. Yeah. Okay, I, I liked see. weed. Yeah. Right. Mostly drinking though. Drinking okay. was something mm. I was on big. And um, so I stopped smoking weed after high school. And there was a period where, um, and this kind of relates back to my story about like being in my past relationship where it was like it lingered. It was lingering for years and uh, it was like kind of like a tie that I had to like the world through him. Um, hmm. And uh, was he your first real serious boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. Very, yeah. A real serious one. Yeah. Before okay. him. And then um, so during that time, my parents, uh, they were still believers. But slowly they started to fall away from the church and like mm. they stopped going every Sunday. And then like with that open door, they started having problems in their marriage. Mm. Um, it came to a point where they would argue and they would start talking about divorce mm. and it got really serious. And that was for maybe like two or three years straight. Was that devastating for you? It or? was. Okay. It was just because having gone from a broken family into a family where there's Back, hope in where Christianity hope, right. and then for it to and then for it to make sense. for me to think that it would be broken again was just for me it was like mm. the worst thing ever. It was like mm. truly the worst thing ever for me. So during that time, um, this is when I had graduated high school already. So I was out maybe like a year after high school, and I um, was feeling for my family because so I was like, I have a little sister. She's um, mm. at that time she was about. 10 or 9 years so old. So this is her mom and dad. Yeah, her mom and dad. And and, I, and it is to you too at this yeah, point in your yeah, life. Yeah, yes, okay. but I'm older, you know, right, so right. I have more And you've you seen know. stuff like loss mm -hmm. of 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 relationships and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I get, I'm tracking with you. Yeah. So it was affecting me more because I was just thinking about my sister and how mm. my sister would have been put in the position that I would have been in th that mm. I was in, I'm sorry, that I was in when I was little. So I had all these things going on where I was just feeling like my family is falling apart here. And that was a big motivation for me to start wanting to go to church. So uh, during this time, too, we were going to a small church called King Kingdom Life. It was actually down the street mm -hmm. right here at uh, Hollingworth. Um, we were meeting there. And um, and like I said, this was the church that I would sit there and like Leonard, the pastor, he would like give preachings and I would feel convicted. But like Monday mm -hmm. came and nothing. Right. And I 
kind of bargained with the Lord. I like myself was like, okay, like I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start doing good in my life. And uh, this is all for God to help me with my family. I was kind of like negotiating, like I'll go if you fix my family mm. and I'll go making if, a deal with God, making a deal with God. Yeah. Like I'll go if you restore my family, if you restore my parents relationship, if mm. you allow them to go like want to go to church again every Sunday and stuff. So and during this time, it was just really hard for me, just like I said, because I grew up in a broken family. So I I love family and like that's means big to me. So that was devastating like being a little girl you know and then losing my dad but in the process like i gained a dad <laughs> you know and my my dad oscar he's been like the greatest right. he's been he's you know allowed us Super to cool have dude. a new life cool and dude, so yeah so um so i started going to church and i was going every week and i was like okay this is for my family this is for my family and there was one time we would have prayer nights at one of their houses and i went to the prayer night and with kingdom life with kingdom life yeah, yes yeah. yes with kingdom life and i sat there and leonard the pastor came over to me and he put his hands on me and he started praying over me and he was like and without him knowing because he was he knew about the problems with my parents because my parents would try to seek counseling with him every once in a while but he didn't knew I, I never talked with him personally so he came to me and he was like praying over me and he said your future household will be nothing like your household he's like god will give you a new household um, in your life. And moral of the story, moral of the story is like he, the prayer was basically about what God would do in my life within me because of the change that God would put in me. So ever since that night, I was like, I have to start pursuing the Lord for myself and not for my family because it's, I can't negotiate with the Lord and I needed to do it because I wanted to do it, because I wanted to be saved, because I wanted a different household, because I wanted a different marriage than what my parents had. So after that night, my mindset just changed. Mm. And I, I was pursuing with like a different kind of love. Yeah, and I want to I wanna like um, dive a little bit into what you're saying, mm -hmm. because I, I want to make sure I, I clarify that, because I think I hear what you're saying. Not, not, I need to pursue the Lord for myself. Like it doesn't matter what anybody like, like selfishly, but, but to understand that to walk towards the Lord is the relationship that you're building between right. you and him. Yes. Not yes. a third party relationship. That is like your parents relationship right. and you included. It's who you are before God. Right. right. So, right. so I only want to clarify that. So that your, 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 your change, which is to me an important change mm -hmm. is when a person begins to recognize and identify their relationship with God mm -hmm. as not being tethered to the mistakes or mm -hmm. accomplishments of their family. Right. Right. So yes. you have, I've had this conversation with like Ryan Reese before, like, mm -hmm. and Shane Reese, like about their dad being raw Reese, right? Mm -hmm. Like their, their relationships are completely separate mm -hmm. and they had to come to a place of recognizing that. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so that that's what you're saying, right? Like yes. you're 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 entering into this relationship where right where it's like, Lord, who who are you in my life? Exactly, right? exactly. Okay, yes, cool. which yeah. also too, I think that's benefit to for people to hear because there might be someone who's holding on to some sort of deal with the Lord right mm -hmm. now, mm -hmm. who maybe their marriage is falling apart, mm -hmm. and they're saying, Lord, I'll follow if you just fix yeah. this marriage, if you just do this. Mm -hmm. 
And that's not a good deal to make with the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, because Satan can have his way in a person's life who you don't have control over. And the Lord, regardless, wants you to be in a relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You, you know, there's something really important about what you're saying right now, and that is um, concerning making deals with God in general, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is a deal to be made with God, but it is 100% on his terms. Mm-hmm. Why? Because... He is the author and giver of the scenario, mm-hmm. right? And so when you find that a person who tries to bring God before their own court system within their mind, right? Mm-hmm. This is my created scenario, and this is what you can do for me. Mm-hmm. That in itself is a completely misunderstood idea mm-hmm. of who god is and who we are mm. right so to to the the relationship with the lord has to start with the revelation of who he really is right. who god right. is who christ is right mm-hmm. and once you realize who christ is you realize that the deal is being set by the one who owns mm. the scenario mm-hmm. and so the deal to be made with the lord is a beautiful deal, but it is a surrender of the authorship of our life to the one who paid for our eternity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and receiving him as the author of our story from that moment on. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And I only speak about this because of my own personal like deals I try to make with God. And I, you've heard me mention some of those things I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Like God let my mom live until I get married. Right. This is my deals on my term to bring God into my court system and say, Lord, this is what I'm offering you, mm-hmm. right? But the reality as I've grown to come to know the Lord is that I am in surrender to his court, right? Yeah. And his offer is salvation. And so I'm just super, I'm yeah. super encouraged that mm-hmm. your 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 story naturally brought you. It's not like somebody yeah. came and taught you, hey, you shouldn't be trying to make deals with God. Yeah. It's yeah. like your story naturally brought you to a place where you're like, Lord, I want to know what you're going to do mm-hmm. in my life because yeah. I can't control right. where my parents are at with exactly. you. Right. Yeah. Now, were you aware? And I don't want, I want to be caught. Ca- I want to step cautiously because we're talking about your parents. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So answer only as you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. but are you aware of the early steps before things start crumbling as a byproduct of slipping away from God? Are you aware of the steps that are leading away from the Lord before it becomes an issue in the home, or you weren't aware of that yes. at all? Yeah, I was. Okay. I was aware. So you're watching the fall apart. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Basically, yeah. Because you were 17. I was. Yeah, I was just. I would pay attention. Mm. I, I'm very observant, yeah. so I just pay attention to the, the little things that, whether it was their argument, and I knew what the argument was really about. You know, um, a lot of it was just the family issues, mm. like the my mom with my dad's side of the family. And like just the the clash between that and mm. it, it like the enemy really just came in and just did a did a number on it. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. It the the best that I can explain it is like my the way that my heart was feeling back then was when I was like in that negotiating kind of mindset with God. I was like in a state of if the Lord didn't change my parents' situation where they, he would like keep them together. Then mm. I would, I was like, I'm not going to believe in you. Cycle. Yeah. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to follow you. Mm. And the Lord changed my heart to then being like, no matter what happens to my parents, mm. like I still want to be 
solid in you for, for myself like for because and he brought you there he brought me there wow. yeah it was that one prayer because and like i said i i never talked to leonard about how i was feeling like mm. i kind of just kept it in i was kind of just pursuing like going to church and pursuing the lord because i was like well he's gonna change my family he's mm. gonna change my family but then at one, that night it just broke me just broke me because that the i don't know it just got to the root of mm. the way that i was feeling and so for him to have told me also that my household was going to be different that to me was important because that that's where i'm going to go with the lord mm. taking the lord with me you know and, and then raising a family um and rooted in the lord mm. at that point so after that i mean you know continuously still started praying for my parents were still together so you know mm -hmm. god did work with them also yep. but it also it changed my heart and my mentality to then thinking like uh, I just need to be and rooted myself in the Lord and all everything around, you know, God's either going to change your heart or he's going to change your situation around you. So in this case, he changed my heart mm. and that changed my life, yeah. you know? Um, so leading to how then, like when we start, when we got to meet, um, during this whole time, I always desired a family i always desired to be married always it was always in me to want to be married mm -hmm. like i would like dream about it and fascinate about it like oh marriage and marriage you know mm -hmm. and during this time too i would always get words about my husband and it's crazy because like a lot of them i just i always kept in like journals and mm -hmm. like bibles and, and journals and and notes and i would just keep them and i'd be like praying over them and um there was one specifically uh and this was a little bit before i started pursuing where um, i was still in my last relationship and i went to kingdom life had like a, a woman's gathering mm -hmm. and i went and uh this lady Car her name's Carmen mm. and she came over to me and she started praying over me and she's like um your husband's coming like your husband's there like he you know just wait on the lord your mm. husband's coming and that was a the one of the first times i like heard a word about my husband so i got all excited right mm. cuz i was like oh my gosh my husband my husband yeah. so after that i i let go of the relationship that i was in and um that really s slowly started to change my heart also mm. um yeah, but I I always got like words about mm. my husband. Like even even way before when I was like I think like fourteen or fifteen, someone prayed over me and he was like, Your your husband, your the way that your dad loves your mom is the way that your husband's gonna love you. Mm. And my mom always tells me how similar he is to my dad mm. <laughs> and how like similar he treats me like my dad treats mm. her. So it's been kind of cool mm. to see those alignments, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I I I, whenever I hear a person's story, um, I, I hear what, what's happening, but I, I love to be able to see like the Lord behind those things. Right. Yeah. And I recall back to some of the things, um, as I've grown in the Lord, some of the things that I, you know, when I signed, when I first signed up to go to, uh, to Africa like I didn't pray that much I wasn't like Lord like is this a I was just was like well a chance to go to Africa let's go you know mm -hmm. and um when I got a motorcycle I wasn't like Lord is this your will I was just like 
I'm gonna buy a motorcycle. Like, and yeah. there's a lot of things. <laughs> there's a lot of things in my life like that. But what I see, like behind a lot of decisions and who I was as a young Christian, I see that the hand of God was upon me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I just want to encourage you. You know, like I believe I could see, like as you're sharing your story, even as you're sharing about how you guys met and all that, I could see your faith in the Lord, like. Just like trusting him, believing that he's working, he's working through things that people are sharing with you as you're growing up, things mm-hmm. that people are laying their hands on you, praying for you. And I believe that it's your your trust in him, like your 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 belief and faith towards him that mm-hmm. really allows him to have his hand on your life. But I will say this, like I believe also that as we as we grow in the Lord, we look back and we realize like how much we change as we get older, right? Mm-hmm. But there's nothing more important than a surrendered heart to the will of God. Mm. And here's the reason why is because I know people who did everything perfect, perfect, Mm -hmm. like quote unquote perfect in the way that they uh, start a church or the way that they start a relationship or the way that they you know, calculate and make sure that this is of the Lord and have people praying, to have all the right people praying over them. But at the end of the day, the difference between one Christian and another are those who consistently stay in the Lord. Mm. Because you can make all the right decisions mm-hmm. and then not continue to walk in faith in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't matter how much the Lord was, the warning in the Bible, in the scriptures, mm-hmm. it's not how you start a race, but how you end the race, right? Yeah. And I know a lot of Christians that have what I would call a bragamony mm. on how mm. uh, how miraculously they met or how oh, yeah. how miraculously they received their ministry or their mm. calling or how it was an old woman on a corner that said, you know, go to the fifth stair and there they found a piece of paper. These kind of elaborate, yeah. awesome, seemingly awesome stories. And then you meet a person a year down the line it's like, hey, you're still serving? Like, oh, no, not really. And all of a sudden you see that the miraculous moments aren't as important as the consistent walk. Mm-hmm. My good friend, Tim Hall, um, who's a dear friend of mine. Shout out Tim Hall if you ever watch any of our podcasts, bro. But um, I'll never forget. He was like, you know, he was backslidden, met his now wife in a bar. Wow. But the difference in their life is that their eyes being open, mm-hmm. they just fully went to the Lord and mm-hmm. have walked and served the Lord mm-hmm. all the days of their life. And then there's been friends of ours. I don't want to bash anybody by name, but there's been friends of ours that, you know, they met on the mission field and then got married in the mission field mm-hmm. with a life set apart for the Lord. And mm-hmm. yeah. And then they and then you fast forward and they're just divorced and mm-hmm. not even believers anymore. Yeah. Right. So Christians always need, and I'm only saying this as an encouragement through your story, because what I see is I see a person that in you, mm-hmm. I see a person that is is seeking after God and the progression of your growth already from coming to a place where you're making deals with God and saying, God, you need to do this, you need to do that, and I'll follow you versus just by the hand of God, him bringing you to a place where you're like, I'm, I want to know what you have for my life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I believe also, as all of us, myself too, we look back at our lives in, in a chapter like this, and and in the future we're gonna look back and realize, man, how God's how far God's brought us since yeah. 
yeah. since even here, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. and I just want to encourage any believer, like never stop growing. Dude, that yeah. is super, yeah. that is super awesome. So, so you're, you're, you're a little, you're a little girl though. And you're like always been right. have the idea of being a, mm-hmm. a, a wife, right. Mm-hmm. In your heart. Yeah. Do you think that that's a, a good thing? Or has that what is that can be a dangerous thing or is that it can definitely be a dangerous thing? Why? Because then you start treating your relationships that not, are not even going near marriage as marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. Like mm-hmm. there's a certain point of honoring you as my fiance, but like, you know, there's after marriage, like it's a whole different ballgame. Right. So it's definitely dangerous. I, I would say it's dangerous, especially in the relationship that I was. It's like I had a mindset of like, this is my husband, but he wasn't. Can you think of anything for a young girl that could possibly protect a young woman from from growing in this? Or is it just, do some, some young ladies are just obsessed with marriage, you know? Or is, do you think it, it's catapulted by maybe... The, the princess story, the mm-hmm. Disney, like what we see or, or, yeah. or does that not have anything to do? I'm just curious. No, it definitely does. I think, cause I've talked to a lot of people about mm-hmm. this. Like even at my work, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm getting married. And they're like, how old are you? And I'm like, Oh, I'm 22. They're like, Oh my gosh, you're so young. <laughs> Why do you want to get married? And I'm like, I don't, you know, I've just always been like enrooted in wanting to get mm-hmm. married. I guess it's, I guess some people are called and some people are not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really depending on the households that you grow up in that influences that mm-hmm. too. Um, and as like a, a teenager, I would, man, if I could go back and tell myself just to have patience, but I didn't have patience at all when mm. I was that age. So it's just depending. I mean, I wish I, you know, I, I think we all wish like we would get to know the Lord younger, yeah. you know? Hmm. Um, but definitely when I started realizing like, like after high school and I started to pursue a relationship, mm. that's when my eyes were really open mm. to where I still desired to want to get married, to still want to find a husband. But at that, there was a point and where I was like, I surrendered all because, mm. and let me tell you a, a woman's mindset. is like, he's my husband or like, he's my husband. Or like, if they mm. come up to you and they're just nice, he's my husband. He's yep. could there be potential in his, mm. like in everybody. And that's yep. how it was with me. Oh, you know, it's f- so crazy is I'm, uh, this is going to sound maybe crazy, but like, I'm actually the same. <laughs> like there was never, there was never a person whose hand I held or even just sat in a deep conversation with not every single person, but like anybody that was potentially mm-hmm. like, especially was, as a Christian. Uh, well, I was this way, bro. I was mm. this way. I'm just being okay. honest that I would run that thing all the way through. Mm-hmm. Like I would see, I would just like, I'd be sitting across from a person having coffee with them. And in my mind, I was like, I just would run it all yeah. the way yeah. through, all <laughs> yeah. the way through. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and see myself, you know, in this case, like in the case of this person traveling, the United mm. States of America and doing music <laughs> in the case of this person, like hitting a nice house and a white picket fence. And because, of, because I was a very perceptive person mm. by nature. And so I'm perceiving what this person's about. And then I'm just, mm. just matching up my ways and my lifestyle with what they're about and yeah. what that turns into. Yeah. Right. And doing that in mm. my head, like just being honest about it. I was never honest about that before I was a Christian because uh-huh. I was too wanting to be masculine or whatever. I want to tell anybody that uh-huh. I was thinking about marriage every time I sat down and had uh-huh. coffee with somebody. But, but if I, as a Christian, I, and, and as a married man now, like I'm, I'm, I'm not really concerned with how I appeared when I was young and single. So, uh-huh. but yeah, I, 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 I interesting kind of a, from a sim- similar thing in myself uh-huh. and just seeing the uniqueness of a person and, 
but that's where it got really dangerous with me is that I felt like I could see uniqueness and awesomeness in everybody. Mm-hmm. I would be like, well, this person's cool for this reason. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that person's cool for that reason. Uh-huh. And that, and then it just left me in a place where I was like, I, I could end up with anybody mm-hmm. almost like mm-hmm. I'm not, I wasn't as picky as I thought I was. Mm-hmm. I just was like, Oh, this, per- this person's an artist and this person's a, you know, yeah. introvert or all the different things. And that brought me to a place of, of warning other young people mm. of um, the desperation, right? Because the desperation that we hide is something that we, we make chess moves mm. in our lives for. Like, mm-hmm. I, need to, I need to figure out how to make this happen. Like, mm. I, I need... And those chess moves become dangerous, and particularly because when it comes to matters of the heart, the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful, yeah. right? Deceitful. Yeah. So that, right. I, I mean, think any person listening to this who has been in a relationship that didn't work out knows the levels of deception when your heart's involved. Yep. Like mm-hmm. what you think you see in a person, what you say before the Lord speak, before the Lord speaks about mm-hmm. how you feel and what thoughts passing your heart and your mind. And it be, can become a very dangerous place and at some point, Christians begin to stop and ask themselves, like, whoa, like, how much of this is me? Mm-hmm. And that's where my encouraging words are for a person to check where they're at with God. Yes. Right? Yes. Because you could be in a mess, but 100% willing to obey God. Mm-hmm. Or you could be in what seems to be a perfect scenario, mm-hmm. but you're not willing to listen to what God's saying. Right. And I would say, I'd rather be the first. Right. I'd rather be in a scenario that I'm like, oh, I don't know, but Lord, you're in control. Mm-hmm. I'm surrendering the scenario to yeah. you and saying, whatever you do want to do from here, I want to follow it. Yeah. yeah. I'll even say that if there's someone who's has that urge to get online to meet someone, meet their future husband future wife it's not i'm not legislating hey you're a christian you're got freedom in the lord go do it Mm -hmm. i think what mike you're saying is correct is being honest before the lord being accountable and putting yourself in check of like hey lord is this really you Mm -hmm. rather than it being that calculated move Mm -hmm. um one thing that when because i was when i first met her hesitant and really diving in um especially because she was quite young to me but i noticed it right away her perception i was like she's she's deep and she's also pretty mature i was like she's more mature than me at times (laughs) um and i kind of have seen too just a lot of growth in from that time that i met you at that table to now which has only been what like a year almost and, two years yeah and almost, like, two years. almost two years mm-hmm. and uh, i'm just like man i'm kind of curious because i feel like i met you and we got put in a microwave and then the world caught on fire and then <laughs> like <laughs> for real yeah. covid yeah everything was just mm-hmm. like flying at us so fast mm-hmm. um i i kind of want to ask you about because i know a lot of that too because we started a ministry yeah started a church um i saw the lord like working in you and i kind of want to know was there certain things that were just like hard for you to to let go of 
as um, kind of diving deeper into your relationship with the Lord, like things from the world. That was hard to let go of. Yeah. Um, maybe just internally, mm. like, um, there was a, I mean, even still, I just, I keep getting reminded of the dying to self, mm. um, which is a lot like when you get into a marriage, it's a lot of, I think, right. It's, mm. it's a lot of dying to mm. yourself for the other mm. person. So, um, when I, I mean, no, it was actually just that one part. But aside from that, it was an easy, easy transition hmm. because I was at a point and kind of going back to what you said about uh, finding the good in people, like hmm. finding how they're unique. I was actually always disappointed. Hmm. I would be at a point where I'd be like, oh, they're potential. And then I would get disappointed. I'm like, no, not the one. No, mm -hmm. not the one. And I'd be like, why? Like, but I slowly started, God started to show me that I was having too mm -hmm. much like expectations mm -hmm. out of the people, you know? And I was tired of it. I was tired of getting disappointed. So I was like, I, I got to a point where I really surrendered everything that I thought I wanted to what God wants for me. Mm -hmm. And so when I met you, and I knew what you wanted to do. Um, I knew who you were. Mm -hmm. Like, it was an easy transition because I, like, desired that as well. I desired to, like, have, and, and, and I took it with discernment, like, thinking of you as being my husband. I took it with discernment mm -hmm. and thinking that we can have a future. That was the difference, too, because every other guy was like, oh, there's potential, there's potential. With this one, it was like, okay, he has potential, but mm -hmm. is this God? Is this what God yeah. has for me, not what I have for myself? So mm. that transition, we being with you, really just the dying to self yeah. is what I was constantly reminded of. One, like one of my, the growth. my big signs of, or like kind of realizations was when she rejected me. Was, and then when she answered back, like, hey, like, can we actually meet? After she rejected me, first she said, I need to focus on school right now. And I was like, all right, cool talk to you later like it was nice to meet you and then it was like a day later she asked hey um i still feel strongly about what i said but if you're still down we could get a cup mm. of coffee to me that because i kind of could sense what was going on like she was like no this is what i need to focus on um and i could kind of sense that she knew and understood what god was calling her mm. to in her life and I liked that. Mm. So I was like, here's a woman who is following after God's voice. Yeah. And so when she kind of rejected me, I was like, right on, dude. Like, that's a cool woman. Like, it was, <laughs> it was, it was close, you know? Like, I, I almost had it. <laughs> there she goes. Another example I remember mm -hmm. is um, during this time, too, I was, I was, you know, pursuing the Lord. And I, though I, I was, um, I was still drinking at that time. Mm -hmm. I was uh, not, I wouldn't go out and party and drink, but you know, my dad and I would like have like a beer every mm -hmm. once in a while, you know, it was just a thing to do. Like it was never me wanting to drink to get drunk anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And when I met him, I think I had told him that and he never said anything. And then at one point we sat down and he was like, Hey, like, I got to be honest with you. Um, that's, that's not something I want in my life. Mm -hmm. And especially with where I'm going, I, I, that's like a, I don't know if you said it was a deal breaker, but you somewhere, I, did you say it was a Sorta. deal breaker? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you I said it was out. a deal breaker. Yeah. He was like, Hey, was that's honest. a deal breaker. And I right away was like, okay, hmm. all right, I'm going to stop. And ever since I haven't 
I've been sober since then. So that's crazy. It, Cause yeah. it was still early on in the like yeah. our talking that yeah. it, I was just like, Hey, just, but so you know you what? Know. I yeah. knew where he wanted to go and I was all for it. I, mm. I knew that a relationship without God mm. is going to go nowhere, but this relationship involved God all around. So mm. I was like set. I was like, yeah, give it to me. Like I'll do what, like whatever at this point, you know, yeah. Um, for that so there's something there's something um i'm kind of being ministered about as i'm listening to you talk and tell the story you know we live in a culture right now that is obsessed with giving kids the perfect stage set for them to be successful like mm. right so you see you hear the obsession of like your kids being college and then even before then you hear the obsession of an elementary school that is going to set kids up to eventually go to college or you hear um people that are married and saying we're not ready to have kids because when we have kids we want our kids to have all of these things right mm -hmm. set up for them and i always struggle with those kind of conversations right and the re here's the reason why and i'm going somewhere on, on a long journey but bear with me mm -hmm. please yeah so one of my struggles with people believing that they could set up their kids to have a perfect life is that all of our favorite people, if I just say to you right now, who's your favorite person in the world and in your mind, think of that person, like whether it's a celebrity person of history or past or whatever, or you like your favorite person ever on who you admire the most on planet earth. Right. And to anybody, like if I were to say, who's your favorite person, I know this for sure. This is a fact. The next question would be, did they have an easy life mm. leading up to who they became? Did their foundation start as like the perfect setup for them to become this great person? Mm -hmm. And the answer inevitably is no. They didn't have the perfect setup to end up who they became. And yet we still obsess with the idea that if we have the perfect setup, we mm -hmm. can create these great people. Mm -hmm. And so you find that it isn't perfect setup mm -hmm. that creates the greatest people. And so now he listening to this story, right? I imagine I have a daughter, right? She's two years old. Mm -hmm. I imagine what I want for her, right? What I desire for her. I think of if I should ever have a son, I think of young people like Max and what I desire for them, what I want for them, right? Like what I picture, and in my, in my nature, what I want to do is I want to set them up with the perfect scenario. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm just being transparent with you guys, because I want to be transparent always. I want to be transparent in the way that we do our podcast. I, I'm not convinced that a dating platform is a good foundation, right? Like, like, listen, to me, I picture like a person like that's just like, I'm not even looking for anybody. I don't want to look for anybody. I want to just be eyes on Jesus and then shocked that God brought somebody in my life. That's what I want for my daughter. That's what I want for Max. That's what mm -hmm. I want. But I find myself in this moment in a, at a conundrum with what I just mentioned about all of our favorite people in history and the foundations of their life. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, do I really want the perfect scenario for my daughter? Do I really want like, listen, I want you to be there. And what I'm finding as I'm listening to your guys' story and as I'm taking all of this in and considering it in my own mind, in my own brain, right, is what I really want is I want the young people in my life that I love 
to just be fully surrendered to the will of God. Yeah. That's what I really want. Yeah. I don't really need the perfect scenario. I don't need to visualize who my daughter's husband's going to be. I don't need mm. to look at Max and say, dude, you, I want you to be with a girl who doesn't, you know, who want, I don't need, I don't need to set them up with mm -hmm. the perfect thing, but I do need to instill in the heart of a, a full desire and thirst for Christ. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what I'm seeing is I'm seeing in your story and I'm just being transparent just being honest. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing not in my opinion, this is my opinion. You could throw it out the window. <laughs> um, I I don't see the most ideal platform at the base, but I see you guys making all of the right decisions with mm. where, what's most important to you. Mm. And particularly with you, I, I, I see the Lord bringing you to places that other people have to be led. Like they have to be calculated, led by somebody like, hey, you know what? Try to think of it this way. Try, like, like the way you made the shift from making a deal with God for in essence, your salvation, I'll follow you. If you do this mm -hmm. to God himself, like changing your heart about that to like, how about you follow me for me and you, mm -hmm. you know, to like, to like you coming to that place where you're talking about if something's a deal breaker and how easily you were just like, you know what? I could give that up. Mm -hmm. You know how many people I know that are on the perfect foundation of, of, of setup. Right. But they can't like, they couldn't change for nobody yeah. they're like dude i'm the princess this is my world this is what i wanted and something here is coming into my life and isn't exactly matching up with who i am and what i do mm -hmm. then i'm struggling with that and you on the other hand are just like hey lord whatever and i and i think about the criticism that pastor chuck got when calvary chapel first got started right mm -hmm. and the criticism that he got when he was bringing hippies in right yeah. was like Hey, you know better, Chuck. Like you were raised in four square ministry mm. where the congregations are dressed very nice. Very yeah. nice. And mm. where you're putting together, you know, three point sermons and and giving doctrine to the this body of believers, families. And now all of a sudden, what's going on with you, Chuck? Like you got a church full of people. And this just to be blunt of what's going on in this culture, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking about like bra burning hippie era yeah you're talking about people coming yep. in dressed not properly yep. like and no drums in church yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 questionable for chuck's peers yeah. to look at what god's doing in his life mm -hmm. and to say that's the lord it's like hmm you know chuck you know i got your back bud but this looks a little sketchy right here yeah. you know and and yet their birth the Calvary Chapel movement, right? Which is near and dear to my personal heart, at mm -hmm. least. And, and, and it brings forth the question of, so what God's doing next. Right. And, and I noticed I was watching, uh, I was watching straight talk with Raul Reese and Ryan Reese. Mm -hmm. And as Ryan was talking, I could hear all of the check marks of a lot of pastors perspectives, mm. like going off, with some of the things mm -hmm. Ryan was saying, mm -hmm. he was like, you know what, dude, he's like, oh, here's the thing, dude, I, all I know is this is what God's telling me to do. And dude, everybody's here at church and they're doing this, but you know what God's calling. And, and as he's talking, I'm like, I wonder how many Pharisees dude are like mm -hmm. struggling with this guy right yeah. now. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how many Pharisees are struggling with, with, <laughs> well, no, with, well, that, that was going to get to that, <laughs> but with, with Raul Reese 
embracing this? Like, oh, are you embracing that because it's your son? Mm-hmm. Are you embracing it? And the skepticism that comes alongside, right? And I just want to say to you, dude, personally, mm-hmm. I hope that I never put seeds uh, of doubt in your mind as to me being criticizing towards your walk, your guys's relationship, mm-hmm. because that's not how I feel at all. Yeah. Like what I see is I see a person that is sold out for the Lord mm-hmm. and that the Lord has his hands upon you. Mm-hmm. And I see your guys' relationship that if, and I've told him this since the beginning, if you guys walk after the Lord, all the days of your life, you will be blessed. Yeah. And there's people that have, what they believe is the perfect setup, as I was mentioning earlier, found mm-hmm. a perfect setup. Like, oh, my dad approves, my mom approves, mm-hmm. my church approves. Mm-hmm. Everything about this is the perfect foundation. And then you know what happens? Nine times out of ten in people that I've ministered to mm-hmm. is they end up in sin. Mm-hmm. Wow. They end up living in sin and they end up making the wrong decisions. And I'm not saying that there isn't a repentance available for those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But all I'm saying is I'll take the opposite. Yeah. When it comes to me encouraging young people or people that are want to get married. Another thing is I agree with you 100% that the desire for marriage can be dangerous because mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're just, you're thirsty for yeah. it and you're just willing yes. to be that wife role before right. you're actually a wife. Right. 100% respect that. But I also would consider it to be a healthy thing yes. for a, a woman to see herself as a wife. Yes. Potentially one day. Yeah. To not waste your whole life on this mentality of like, I just want to live my life and be single, mm-hmm. enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I'll I'll get married. Well, guess right. what? If you build a foundation of a certain mentality in a certain way, yeah. then it's going to be a whole lot harder for you to mm-hmm. become somebody else one day. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's better for a person to recognize and see themselves as to what um, where eventually they're going to be mm-hmm. yeah. inevitably. Right. And yeah. I just talked to a young man who. Oh, man, I'm getting a little controversial right now. It's all good. I think it's I think it's important. So there are things that float around that are extra biblical, mm-hmm. right? Here's a popular one. Until you know what it's like to be successful single, God's not going to bring somebody to you. Okay. Okay, that's solid. I can understand where a pastor is going from with that, like, right? Like you can't you can't expect God to bring somebody into your life if you're not who you want to be. However, however, there's a lot of Christians who got married and didn't even know who they were in Christ, right? right? Yeah. And then right. God molded and took a hold. Of it. So right. what's more important is the life that's sold out for the Lord. Even yeah. if you're immature, you don't know everything. If you're 100% sold out for the Lord, he's going to guide and direct your life. Mm-hmm. And I understand adults trying to protect people, but here's how it backfired the other day. I was talking to a young man who has a struggle, right? He's 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 got a temptation in his life. And he continuously lives in temptation Mm -hmm. because and continuously lives beat up because he just believes that he's never going to get out until he fixes himself Mm -hmm. and i'm like wait a minute dude jesus the bible says loved you while you were yet in your sins you need you need to get up off the floor that you're on right now Mm -hmm. and you know walk towards the plan that god has for your life i'm like there is a wife out there for you dude you're Mm -hmm. you're the lord has a plan for your life mm-hmm. and you're sitting here thinking he's not building a plan for my life until i'm able to become a perfect christian mm-hmm. and this kid's getting trampled in that mm-hmm. mentality and i was like i was led by the lord like you know what, dude you need to get up you need to read your bible mm-hmm. and you need to start walking towards the fact that you're gonna be a husband one day mm-hmm. and let let yourself find victory in the direction that you're walking not this place that you're sitting mm-hmm. you know what i'm yeah. saying right. and so 
I think that that's the positive side to a, a, a young lady who desires to be a wife one yeah. day. Hmm. Yeah. I think the lines you got to draw really deep in the sand. And this is super important. I've shared this with you before. Hmm. And that is marriage is divinely uh, orchestrated. Hmm. And so it doesn't matter how much you're for it in your heart. Mm -hmm. You're not in it until God puts it together. Right. Hmm. Right. right. And so that's where kids make the mistakes is they're like, well, I love this person like my husband or I yeah. love this person like my wife, you know, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm, I'm as committed as anybody could ever be. Well, listen, you're, you're not entering into a divinely created orchestrated thing mm -hmm. until you're entering into that mm -hmm. divinely by right. the Lord. And that's why I believe weddings are important because you make an oath before the Lord mm -hmm. and before that person's family. And then they make an oath before the Lord and before your family. Mm -hmm. And then you guys make this promise to each other before the Lord and before both families. Mm -hmm. And it's an oath. And and yeah. then in after that oath, the two become one and only after that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you're not one until the Lord has orchestrated right. that. Right. Yeah. So that's, I think what you're alluding to earlier when it's like girls that, see themselves as wives is like, well, let me just try this roll on. Yeah. Let me try this jacket on mm -hmm. of being a wife right now mm -hmm. because I care about this person yeah. and I love them. You it's know, deceiving. And yeah. it is super deceiving. There's a, there's this page I follow. It's called redefine TV. It's um this couple, they have a, a church plant. I think it's in like Texas and the, the lady, the wife, the pastor's wife, she has a series called um, a wife before you're a wife. And it's like this series just based on like what you can do in your singleness and mm. if you desire to be married. Um, and that's like that I, I've like read through that series mm. and it's it's good. It's like uh, even before I met you a little bit, I was reading through that just to see like what the content was. Mm. And it's basically what women can do internally mm. to prepare themselves for marriage. So not that you're sneaking out, but you're just working on yourself internally mm. for when the Lord does call you to be a wife you know? Mm. And so one, one of them was, um, that really hit my heart and I didn't even know it was the, um, it's like the, I don't know if it's like spirit. I don't think it's, I don't know if it's really spirit, but of abandonment mm. or like mm. feeling of abandonment gotcha. that you kind of portray to your relationships, um, whether it's friendships or, you know, relationships and like family and stuff. So I didn't know I struggled with that, but mm. I did because of my biological dad. Mm. And it, it was something that I kind of just dug really deep in myself yeah. that I never talked about it. I was never like, oh, I don't have that. But realizing like, yeah, I, I did have a that feeling of abandonment mm. that led me to believe or led me to feel like I was a victim or that yeah. I was always going to be left, you know. And then once um, I was praying about that and then once I, I really my heart really started like making Jesus the center of it. That's when I was just enrooted in like, no, like God's not going to leave me. Yep. You know, if God, if, if God won't leave me, then I don't have to worry about anybody yep. else. And so it's a good series. It's called a wife before your wife. That's and it awesome. just goes through the series of, yeah. I know. I, I saw, I saw your brain checking yourself doctrinally with this, the spirit thing. I, yeah. I, I do, but it's super cool. It's super cool. Yeah. I want, I want to go ahead and dive in on that real quick. You know, there there is there is 100% biblically examples mm -hmm. of the the weight that we carry because of things that we went through, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Now, yeah. in 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 our language of communication, obviously we use we throw those words around. It uh -huh. wasn't a doctrinal statement. It's like mm -hmm. it's like in the spirit of Christmas or in the spirit of what you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. We 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 choose to do this, but and I, I just noticed that you were like, wait a minute, that's not what I meant to say. 
don't trip about that. I got you. Um, but what, one of the things just real quick on that note, like, you know, Peter, like because of what he had gone through where he was a Jew. And even though he knew he was one in Christ later on, he kind of falls back to what he was, what was a, a chapter of his past. Mm-hmm. And it begins to affect his future later on so much so that Paul has to come and rebuke him and be like, Hey, dude, you're, you're slipping back to something that, was behind you mm-hmm. and so there is biblical examples of how things that have happened to us or things that we've been through or, or ways that in scenarios that we've endured yeah affect us into our future mm-hmm. i have a lot of that stuff in my mm-hmm. personal life understanding of how uh a uh, desire to to seek approval mm-hmm. um because my dad was a vietnam veteran and mm-hmm. uh, there was very little jobs that we could do correctly as kids right and so there's a chase there to do things in a way that people will say, Hey, good job, you know? Um, and to I'll be able to identify myself that I chase those things. So for you to be able to identify in yourself that there's, there's attachment mm-hmm. issues and stuff like that, I think is important. And if some book helped you out with that, that's cool, you know, yeah. but mm-hmm. I, I heard what you're, I'm like, yeah. I, got, I, got you. <laughs> yeah. I got what you're saying for yeah. sure. Do you feel like that trial has made you so much stronger in your life? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know if you can ever be strong. Like, I think it's made me appreciate. Mm. I think that's the better word. I think Mm. it's made not stronger. I think it's just it's made me appreciate the things that Mm. I do have. Wow. So like when I was really close with my biological dad. Mm -hmm. And so when he left, um, I kind (laughs) of... I kind of see it as like, like, cause when my mom, like right after, like literally a few months after my mom got married to, to Oscar, my dad, I call him my dad. Mm. Um, and I felt like I lost, but I gained mm. and I gained so much more than what I could have ever gotten from my past. Reason being was because my dad brought us to know Christ mm. and that's like, for me, that was a huge reward. And not only that, but he has shown me just a fatherly love that it's just, mm. it can't be replaced. Mm. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's trained you for what you do now, which she deals with some crazy people <laughs> in a crazy place. And I kind of wanted to dive into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do for a living? So I work at a psychiatric hospital. Um, I am floor staff right now until I become licensed. Um, and what is yeah. floor staff? Floor staff is just I'm just part of the floor unit, so I just like monitor patients. I don't really I don't if once I get my um, license, I can start giving out medications. Got you. So floor assessing staff is just, patients mm-hmm. later on. As of now, you're just sort of doing doing what's needed or asked yeah, of you. Yeah, like support staff. La- really. Later on, you, mm-hmm. you start making decisions for what's yes. needed. Okay. Yeah, for medication. Which that in itself, actually, maybe before we even get too much into that, mm-hmm. is a huge testimony in your life of how oh, you've yeah. gotten to that point. Yeah. Because I watched her go Man. through struggle uh, for the nursing school mm-hmm. with, why don't you just go ahead? I'll let you share a little bit about that. How, what was that struggle like? Yeah. So, okay. I've never been good at school. Granted, I was never good. In, like high school, I barely passed just because, well, my effort too, I was like, very like, ah, school, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so going into nursing school, I actually kind of challenged myself. Um, when I 
my Alana, who's a good friend of mine, she was the one that first started the LV licensed vocational nursing school and she told me about it. And right out of high school, I went to college for like a class, but I was doing it for my parents because I was like, they want me to do something with my life. This is just something to do. And I hated it. And I dropped after the <laughs> second day. After the second day, I don't do this, Max. <laughs> an example of this. <laughs> stay, oh st- stay in school, kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I went the second day and I dropped. I just, I didn't, I hated it. Absolutely mm. hated it. So um, I got two jobs and I was consistently working two jobs for like two two years and I didn't go to school. And so when Alana told me about the vocational nursing school, I was like, all right, like at this point I was actually in between careers because after two years of just working two jobs, I was like, OK, I got to do something now. And I didn't want to go to school. So I, I looked into trade schools and she she told me about it. And I was in between vocational nursing and actually becoming a police officer hmm. and um so I told myself, okay, I'm going to go. There's an entrance exam that I have to take that I have to pass. And you study uh, like medical terminology and medical math. And so if you pass it, you get into the program and the program's a year long. So I challenged myself. I was like, if I pass it, I'm just going to do it because this is something that I'm interested in. And I took it and I passed it and I studied the material. And so I got in. And then um, that first semester was when I failed it. And uh so coming back to the second year, I was like, okay, I, oh, during that time also, that one year from failing to then going back into the um, the second year, I became a, a certified nurse assistant. So it's kind of like the foundation of nursing. So it's, it goes, um, registered nurses, like kind of the high, there's higher, but registered mm-hmm. nurse, licensed vocational nursing, and then certified nurse assistant. There's also medical assistant, which is close to that, but um, CNAs have a little bit more contact with patients and it's like a foundation of nursing. So I learned the basics of it, which really helped. And so I was working at a nursing home for a little bit. And then um, going into the school, I had like already a mentality of, of like the foundation of nursing, which helped me out a lot, like I said. So starting the school, the first semester was really easy because I was like, well, I know this is foundation, but getting into the second one, it goes into medical surgical. And then you start learning about the diagnosis and like why your body does certain things. And like, you got to learn all these like systems. And it's just, it's a lot of information that you have to learn. So during, I started in August and December, um, I was having a rough time because I was working the weekends and I just didn't have enough time to study. And you have to, nursing school is very rigorous. So you have to just be in your books. Like right when you get out at three, by the time you get home, I got home like at five because of traffic. Mm -hmm. And then from five till 10 or 11, you just got to be studying, studying, studying. And you got to do it all again Mm -hmm. the next morning. And I had to be at class at like 745. So I have to leave at six, you know, it was a lot. And um, in December, actually going to November, um, I was failing the class and this was before finals and I was like borderline and I was I think I was like at a C minus so borderline and I told my parents like I'm failing and I'm scared and I don't know what to do and they were like hey like you can let go of your job we'll we'll take care of you like for a little bit you know so I let go of my job and I just was focused on school and December hit and this was a day after my birthday my 21st birthday and I had my first panic attack because during this whole time I was dealing with major anxiety like and I'm gonna be blunt 
I would drive home and just be like, I just want to get into a car accident right now because I, I don't want to be awake. I just want to sleep. I just don't want to think. I don't want to read. I don't want to do anything. I mean, I was, it, I was, it was rough. It was really rough. And he, he helped me out a lot because I would like go to him for prayer and just for him to talk to me. And so December comes and, and I had my first panic attack and it was the worst thing ever. And after that, I had anxiety and I so would, this is a new thing for you. This is a new thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, between that time and winter break, we were at clinical sites and I would just, I would want to be in the Lord's presence that during my lunch, I would skip going with like my, my peers and I would sit in my car and I just read the Bible and I would read through Psalms. I would read through, um, I, one big chapter that really helped me out was Exodus and when re- book was Exodus. And it was, um, when Moses led the Israelites like out of Egypt and, more specifically when he um like when they crossed the red sea mm. because that to me was the lord made a way for them when there seemed to be absolutely no way so i meditated on that for so long and i would just constantly like have scriptures in my head i would write them on my like wrist just so i can look at it and just remember like god's with me mm. um just everything and i sometimes i would even go to the bathroom when i would be feeling like and it was it was weird because it I would go into the nursing home and I, you know, I'm used to that. And I would just dread being there. And I would just feel this like presence of just darkness. And like, I would feel like I don't want to be here. This is depressing. This is sad for me. And I would go to the bathroom and I'd get on my knees and I'd just pray. And I'd like, I would have tears because I, I was like, I was just at a state where I was just feeling like everything. Yeah. And I wasn't able to control any of it myself. So when I read through the book of Exodus, um, it just was a, a reminder to me that the Lord is a way maker. So I would pray, God, you're going to make a way for me, even though I don't see it. And that song Waymaker came out during that time, too, which is really cool, because then I would like replay that in my song, <laughs> yeah. in, my, in my car. And um, I just heard that song. Like, I, it's fairly new to me. Uh-huh. Shame on me. I'm not big in it. <laughs> but it, it's fairly new to me. And then I heard it the other day and it was. I was like, dang, this song is. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would be um, I'd go over that chapter and other chapters as well. That really helped me out. And um, so fast forward during this time. Also, I, I thought to myself, like, there is absolutely no way I'm going to graduate nursing school. Hmm. Absolutely no way. Like in my head, I was already set. I'm going to fail. And each week my parents would ask me, so how are you doing? And I'm like, well, I haven't failed yet. And they're like, well, when's your next test? And I'd be like, well, this this coming week is my next te- next test. And they'd be like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. And I was at a point already where I was like, if I fail, I fail, but I'm just going to try, yeah. right? And then fast forward, COVID hits. And all of a sudden, uh, we finished VN2, which there's a three technically like three semesters. So VN, I'm oh, sorry, fundamentals, VN1 and VN2. Mm. So I was even surprised I made it to VN2, the ending of, I'm sorry, this is VN1, hmm. the ending of VN1. So we were about to start our um, other clinical site. It was going to be the last semester that I had like, how many months, like f- four months left of that semester. But then COVID hit and all of a sudden we had to be home. And you know, the funny thing about that is that I had two weeks off of school and of work 
um, because I wasn't working during this time. And then I got a job two weeks after like COVID hit and we mm. were in quarantine, which was cool because like the Lord provided during that time because I was like, oh, I was stressing out that I wasn't ha- I didn't have any money. And but during that time, two weeks off only. And right away, I got mm. I got mm. another job and it worked out because our classes were online. So the time being away from school, like driving out there, coming back, we just had to do it online for two hours. And it helped me out so much. Like if it wasn't for that time, I don't think I would have passed. But of course, you know, God knows. And it ended up being every day it felt like I was going to fail every single day. Every single day I would talk to my friends and be like, yeah, I think I'm going to fail today. Or yeah, I think I'm going to fail today. Today's the day, you know. Every single day. And then finally, like a week before we were going to graduate, I was like, man, like I think I got it down on my knees and I was just crying. I was like, thank you, God, because you got me through. And yeah, he got me through. I graduated December 10th. Um, I still have yet to take my license exam, which is like the final part before I get licensed. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That with the wedding stuff, it's like I just have too much. But that's just the last thing. Is anxiety something that snuck up on you and is linger is lingering with you or is it something no, you just went through it with didn't it? linger okay it, like after a certain point um after a certain point the lord just took that away mm. but it was consistent it was like maybe like two months that i was dealing with anxiety every single day i had one panic attack and it, i i've been scared since then to have there's a panic attack there's something interesting about what you're saying like mm-hmm. um in uh a lot of my like christian fellowship outside of calvary chapel like so like my brother's church or some of the members of his church or like friends that i can remember that their families were christians Mm -hmm. whenever something would start to come upon my life and i would seek counsel from christians they seem to have this mentality of praying me out of it right and and that's beautiful because there were times that they did pray me out of things Mm -hmm. But what started to develop me at one point, develop in me at one point in my life is this idea that everything that came upon me was that was difficult or was like scary, not scary, but like just a challenge that it was Satan and that every joyful laughter, good experience was God. Like, and so I would have a good day and laugh a lot and I'd be like, man, thank you, God, for that. Mm -hmm. And then if I had a tough day, I'd be like, dude, Satan's winning like right now. I feel like uh, must be doing something wrong. But I was reminded of something that God taught me in the season that I, my mom got sick and, and died. Mm -hmm. Um, Wade said last night in a Bible study, he said, who is, um, who is Daniel without the lion's den? Mm. And who is Job? without Mm. all of his losses who are these people like think of the characters who who is who is paul without the trials that he went through and the answer is that none of these people that we look and see the amazing work of god through their life they aren't those without the trial Mm -hmm. so then that causes you to start to rethink who is the author of hard times in your life I believe that Satan is more interested in getting behind our temptations to feed the things that we desire more than he's behind the trials in our life. Mm-hmm. I would say that 
probably some of the trials, biggest trials that we face were actually God's hand and the molding process that he's bringing us through. Mm. One of the things I'm curious about is as you think of, I've heard like a threefold, I'll turn it into three chapters, mm -hmm. right? You have way more chapters than this. Mm -hmm. I want to turn it into three chapters because I want to dig a little bit into the, 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 the different girl mm -hmm. in these three, right? So you have a girl very thirsty to be a wife in a relationship she shouldn't be in. Mm. One chapter. Yeah. And then you watch her graduate from that chapter to a girl who enters into a relationship with a different mm -hmm. guy, right? Mm -hmm. But then even as you guys are already in a relationship, from where you started, so the first chapter is the wrong relationship. The second chapter is what leads you to where you're at now. And then third chapter is all the change that's taken place in you since you started knowing Cell. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to ask you, and just take your time and think about it, mm -hmm. about the difference between the girl who was in the wrong relationship and the girl who met Cell. Can you think of anything that is different about you as a person from who you were there and who you were when you met him? Yeah. What do you see? It was, it's the one without God and yeah. then the one with The one where you first met God. Sal. Like the difference in you when you were in a bad relationship mm -hmm. where you shouldn't be and, and, and who you were when God delivered you from that and then brought you into a new relationship. Can you think mm -hmm. of any differences? And don't feel like, like maybe it's hard to see some of those things. Mm -hmm. A willing heart, I think, was the difference. A willing heart to have, to desire what, not what I wanted, but what the Lord wanted mm -hmm. for me. Even though, like in, in both, it, it's... um. Like I had the same focus in both, yeah. but this time it was letting go of what I wanted and then allowing what the Lord wanted for okay, me. So Does that, that that's a surrendered heart. Yeah. So you have the desire for Christ, mm -hmm. but making wrong decisions. Mm -hmm. And then you have a surrendered heart. Yeah. Right. And God right. leads you to a different place. Right. right. Yeah. So now just looking at these two girls right here, I see both of them want the lord mm. right they, they both want the lord yeah but yeah. one of them has come to a place where she is more surrendered to god's will versus what she wants from god right 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 and then i know that's a little tricky and i don't mean to make you feel that's uncomfortable okay. in any yeah. way so then I, I i'm curious about now remembering who you were before you went through all of these mm. anxiety attacks your eyes being opened in Bible studies and you're listening to podcast conversations. You're listening to your, your the long conversations you guys probably have starting to get a grasp on some of the things you're learning, watching your parents, their struggles, the things that God's teaching them, the things God's teaching you. Mm -hmm. Can you see anything different in yourself from where you first met Sal to where you are today? I think it's, I've allowed myself to just be guided 
by mm. God mm. and just directed by him. Mm. So I, I I see the the surrendered heart uh, at the beginning mm. and now it's just like a like whatever the Lord yeah, has. There there's there's a there, I'll tell you what I see like I could see um like maturity mm. right because you you here's a person who's like all right, God, your will, like new star, let's see what you have. And then you face these trials, these anxiety shows mm -hmm. up out of nowhere. There's like the hiccups you guys have faced it through COVID. Mm -hmm. um, there's like new, new thought provoking, challenging thoughts on what the Lord's in and what, how much are things, how much things we make in our lives that are of God and versus of ourselves and mm -hmm. all of this growth. And the reason why I want to point those things out to you is because the the jump from a girl who there's if you corner this girl who's in a wrong relationship way back in chapter one that I'm talking about, mm -hmm. you can't really tell her what she's doing wrong because she wants the Lord mm -hmm. and she wants whatever God has. She wants to be blessed. She wants to see God's hand. She's been through things where she's seen loss. She said goodbye to things. She knows what fail, failed marriages look like and what not following God's plan looks like. So mm -hmm. she, she's a girl on the right track, but she's not who she becomes. Mm -hmm. Right. And even then starting now, you would think this is it. This is the end of the story. I went through all these things in my life, my childhood. I went through what I went through my parents. I went through wrong relationships. And now the end of the story is you finally meet the, the right guy. Right. Like mm -hmm. that could be the end of a great movie. Like, and here's where you meet the, this, this guy and he's different and what got his passion for the Lord. But the story doesn't end there. If mm -hmm. we wrote it like a play, we could end the story there. And right. you'd be like, man, that was a different. But then you look at who you become from that moment. Mm -hmm. And and the only reason I'm doing this, dude, and I hope, <laughs> I hope I'm not doing too terrible of a job at it. But the only reason I'm doing this is because the transition of who you have become mm -hmm. in, in these seasons, it's continuously happening. Mm -hmm. Like the person you're becoming is... If it has, if you continue to be surrendered to the will of God, you continuously become mm. like a deeper and more knowledgeable and mm. wiser person in the Lord. Mm. And the difference is not just how much you learn or obtain or know, it's the time you spend with the Lord. Yeah. You know, mm. and that's why I'm encouraged and excited about you guys' relationship because, and, and where you guys are going in your marriage because the only true setup it turns out for success is not this little thing that people can create and how people should meet each other, mm -hmm. but it is the question of whether or not people are surrendered yeah. to God for his will in their life. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. And that's what's super to me, super cool to witness and to be hearing in your story, you know, what I get is that it, it sounds like I'm just more seasoned yeah, <laughs> and like it just continues to get seasoned, mm -hmm. you know, because like there's going to be trials and uh, it's like it's not just the ending here. I feel like in marriage we're going to face a lot, <laughs> yeah. especially since we both desire to be in ministry and like where we're headed. But well, that's a good thing, though, that both of you desire to be in ministry. Yeah, you know? that's mm -hmm. a huge hurdle. Yeah. You can't, uh, no matter how much you are about ministry, you can't be a salesperson to somebody mm -hmm. to get them in the ministry, you know? Right. So that's a really, yeah. you know, but at the same time, yeah, ministry comes with trials. Do, do yeah. you feel like, because you really jumped into ministry since 
we met mm-hmm. um, a year and a half ago, do you feel like there's been some like just big things that have been like, man, this is hard. Like, was it what you pictured at all? Um, I, I just the, the time, the time mm. being time consumed by it. Yeah. I think it's, it's like that, that part was a lot. And also the fact that it's, it's, we're growing, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just seeing that being just faithful and trying to see like the Lord and what he wants to do with it. Right. Um, it's been exciting. I think more than anything, because I, I mean, I had a desire for the Lord. Like, and so now that I'm in this, not only by myself, but like with you, it's, mm-hmm. it's awesome because then it's like, we both get to kind of like collaborate, you know, and yeah. like talk about it and like, yeah, she tells me all the times I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah I just <laughs> um, it's been fun. I've been, I've enjoyed the ministry, but yeah, just the, the time, of it it's hmm. like very time consuming it's like i mean ever since we started dating like there was a a, da- a time where because you were still in school and like we were we were dating for a while and then I, when we jumped into ministry and starting mm-hmm. a, a church like it's just been go 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 yeah. um yeah hmm. that just that's been the only tough thing hmm. just the the time, time. of it mm-hmm. wow man how about you dude um since we started like full-blown church in 2020 um i think time was it's part of it um but i i I think my biggest challenge is just kind of what you brought up earlier is staying in tune with more so with what the lord is doing Mm. than what he's doing through me (laughs) <laughs> you know i mean it, both of them okay, okay let me rephrase that because that was like a oxymoron in the site in a sense um because there's that part of me that i have the lord has just given me a night a good job where it's like okay i could provide for certain things and create and build and try to you know come up with ministry mm-hmm. right and i've had to learn what is the lord really working in me and what is just me and mm-hmm. by the grace of god god still uses a vessel that's you know just operating in robot mode paul, you know paul said something interesting in philippians he said um some preach christ for the, supposing that they might gain something mm-hmm. others preach christ with a whole heart in the right way and he says what is the difference and he says the truth is the only thing that matters to him is that Christ is preached. And that throws you when you're reading it for the first time through, it's like, you think, you think for sure with Paul's style of writing and the way he sets up his points, you think for sure he's going to say like, he's going to rebuke the people who are doing it for selfish reasons, Mm. but he doesn't. And I find that more intriguing. Here's the reason why, because he acknowledges that God honors his word and his truth. And the person of Christ. So all those churches are like, let's get an amen. Praise the Lord this morning. And everybody's like, amen. You know what I mean? And half those people are fornicating or living in like, mm-hmm. you know, adulterous relationships or whatever, but they're just saying amen. Well, the scrutiny Christians like, yeah, those people are all fakes or whatever. But Paul says like, you know what? You're, you're, you're discrediting that when Christ's name goes forth, there's power in it. Mm-hmm. And he's doing something, but the deeper challenge in that is 
to analyze ourselves. And this is what you're getting at the mm-hmm. difference between what Christ is doing in me versus what Christ is doing through me. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure I make that yeah. clear because you're like, well, both are Christ, right? <laughs> but I can get, I can get up and read the Bible and that will change people's lives. Mm-hmm. That isn't a reflection of what God is doing in me. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a reflection of what God's doing through his word in people's lives. Right. And so where Christians get hung up is they can get a false narrative in their mind that all is well between them and God because God is honoring his word and doing his work in other people's lives. Mm -hmm. So my challenge to Sal always to protect him and ultimately to protect you guys is to stop and take inventory as to the work and overcoming that is taking place within yourself. Mm. overcoming is a big thing because Mm. you don't need the presence of the Holy spirit for God's word to do what it does. You need the presence in their life and the spirit working through the word, Mm -hmm. but you don't need the presence in the person that's just reading the Bible and witnessing what God's doing by his spirit in that person's life and what God's Mm -hmm. doing as he honors his word. But you do need the spirit of God in order to overcome, to be an overcomer in your personal private life that people don't even know about Hmm. and that you need the Holy spirit. So picture a person that has is in tune with what God is doing in them as far as changing them and helping them. And now when you share with people who Christ is, you're testifying to what God is actually capable of doing. How many pastors get up and talk about how God is able to deliver you from sin. Then it comes out that they're a slave to sin, right? In some other way. Mm -hmm. And so what were they preaching? They were saying, God can do this in your life, but he couldn't do it in mine. You know what I mean? And so what what happens is they weren't testifying to what God was doing in their life. They Mm -hmm. were rather just writing a coattail of how God works and honors his word and an open heart that desires the Lord. They're witnessing Mm -hmm. God do that. And so... There's always a gauge. That's what fellowship is so important, dude, because when we mm-hmm. talk to each other and are honest with each other, we're not just blinded by like, oh, man, it's so crazy what God's doing. Look at all the people showing up and look at all that, you know, and it's like, what, what is God doing in your life? You know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that's been a fun chapter, I think. What What are you, as far as like the, when the ministry is concerned, um, what are you looking forward to? Like in the near future? I, mm-hmm. I know, obviously, we, I've said it on the Bible study last Wednesday, this yesterday, um, that just to pray because we we're looking at a potential spot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what is it like for you, like personally? Like, are there, are there things that kind of like you're wondering of how they're going to go down? Is there worries? Mm-hmm. Is there hopes? Like, what what is your mindset with this? I think I'm excited. I'm okay. just excited to see the Lord work in others' lives, and also like the growth that you and I will have like as husband and wife to be able to minister to people. I would hope that's, you know, that we would have that growth. Um, I'm really just excited. Mm, Like to say that there's worries, of course, because I think that the enemy is going to have attack Mm. and he's an attack big. But I think that with that and the trials, how Mm. we've been talking about trials, like just being in rooted in the Lord, it's like in being in his word, it's, it's going to get us through that, those trials and it's going to make us just wiser, mm. more seasoned, you know? Yeah. I, think that's I saw just, real quick mm-hmm. this funny little ad on Facebook today, when I, and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> it, it caught my attention because it said, when God builds a church, 
the devil builds a chapel next door and i was like whoa what is that and then i looked at it it's like some gnarly horror movie oh with like some sort of ghost thing from the virgin it, mary but coming it sounded out like, but it sounded like wisdom I, know, initially. I, and I was like what the heck is this dude um, oh my gosh yes. so okay that's good just I'm, excited that's cool yeah. i'm i'm honestly excited uh we i've had some challenges where people have told me they're like um i don't want to talk to you about this because you're not married oh, yeah. and i was like <laughs> my dad and my mom are right there next to me. You know, like, why don't you go talk to them? David yeah. Zinza talks about uh, the misconception within um, serving the Lord uh, that you have to experience stuff in order to have wisdom in it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly what Timothy was dealing with when he wanted to give up on ministry. And Paul told him, like, don't let people discount your youth. Mm. Yeah, He literally was like, this is a kid raised in ministry. His grandmother and his mother raised him. They point him towards the lord and he's walk he's grown up in the faith right so he's not like paul he doesn't have this crazy story mm. right and so he he's fallen victim to this idea that you have to experience something in order to know about it but the challenge is what do we really need to experience in order to have wisdom and that is the relationship with christ and the word of god right mm. so the Bible is not limited to the people that have endured every, every sin. Like mm-hmm. somebody said, you know, this is kind of gross, but you don't have to eat a poop sandwich to know that you're not going to like it. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. like, like, so not every sin, not every sin has to be um, um, tasted in order for you to know that you should hmm. right. go towards it. And likewise, yeah. likewise, the instruction for a successful marriage is not found in people that have experience in successful right. marriage. Mm-hmm. The instruction for a successful marriage is found in the text of the right. Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. so the the instruction, because remember this, it's going to be, oh, do you, do you, have you ever lost a child? No. Oh, then you can't minister to me about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you ever been divorced? No, I have. Well, then you can't minister to me mm-hmm. about this. And pretty much we start building this catalog of things that yeah. are off the table yeah. as a ministry, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm not trying to rebuke whoever mm-hmm. didn't want to get ministered to by you about marriage Mm -hmm. and i get what he's saying because i myself have experienced like dang i had no idea but and you've heard us at this table say Mm -hmm. that a billion times Mm -hmm. however i want to encourage you that your ministry is not built around the fellowship of experience Mm -hmm. your ministry is built around the truth of the word of god so when you get people that come in hey we're going through something with our marriage you start breaking down what the bible says about marriage and Mm -hmm. what the bible says about the foundation of any relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so anytime a relationship is in shambles, it's in shambles because of a failure in the foundation of what is biblically defined as a relationship, Mm -hmm. any relationship, mother, daughter, friends, you know, ministry, husbands, wives, parents, children, any of that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, so I just want to encourage you in that. I feel like Paul with Timothy, like, don't let them despise your your youth. I get it. I get it. And if you have elders in your in your church that are like, hey, we've been married years. Come talk to us. We'll pray with you. Mm-hmm. I, that's One, cool. Something on the, on the flip side of that, I've had an elderly couple come to me for marriage advice. Mm. And it was the more the, a younger couple who was like, mm, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So, <laughs> yeah. so there you go. The couple that yeah. had wisdom in their marriage was willing to seek mm-hmm. advice from the pastor. Mm-hmm. And yet the ones that don't have any experience were like, no, you don't know, right? That's, <laughs> in, that's interesting. That's very telling yeah. of, of, of our personalities mm-hmm. as people. Immaturity brings us to a place where we're, we're looking for, you know, we'll die, we'll die of thirst because we're looking for the bottled water mm-hmm. and there's rivers all around us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's immaturity right there. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're, 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 you, you've 
your conception of what's of how God's going to provide for you is, is all built in your own ideas, mm. you know? And that's, that's kind of what we were talking about earlier with, with, uh, with marriage, even like wanting to be a wife, you mm. know, or making deals with God. We talked about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, like the conceptions that we have in our minds as to how things are going to be, and how they should be versus just surrendering to God as to like, or however you're going to do this mm. Lord. So mm-hmm. that's interesting, dude. I, I, I know a little bit about this funny dude this time around doing ministry I'm I'm not as young as I was but I remember being young dude one of the biggest challenges at the retirement home was like what am I going to say what am I going to say to these people like mm. they're they've been saints for 50 years plus like mm. uh, what am I going to do right. and and the lord always spoke to me you're going to mm. teach the word that's yeah. what you're going to do one thing dave and zunza told me constantly was say hey uh they might question your experience but don't let them question your walk. Just mm. stay, stay, stay solid in that. Um, I kind of want to ask you a question yeah. in regarding experience. And I kind of, it's, it's funny. Um, I wanted to ask you if you had any questions for Mike, just like in regards to, I, don't, I guess anything that we're going to be like enter into in the next few seasons that are coming mm-hmm. up. Um, Cause I feel like we have a platform to do that right here on this table. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of curious. I was like, I wonder if she has any questions regarding marriage or like ministry that maybe like you just would be curious about. I don't know. Um, I guess if I did, mm-hmm. uh, it would be okay. Him and I don't argue a lot, right? Lies. No, him and I don't argue a lot. Mm-hmm. So, like to think when we go into the, I mean, of course we're going to be married. Like I, I don't think we're going to avoid arguments forever. You know, like my dad's a very mellow person and my mom's the one that's like, and so like my, when they argued, like it wasn't an argument, it was just my dad saying, okay, that's fine. You know, and letting it go. Um, but or, I, or internalizing it yeah. yeah or internalizing it so when we just saw that right before the podcast <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding oh my so gosh. what is okay because i i and i have been trying to change this about myself where i'm a very stubborn person and if i if i get mad i've been trying to pray about being slow to anger but um i am just the type that needs some space mm. right to think, to debrief, and like, because if not, I'm like my mom. Like she says, I'm a hothead, and I will just start going off and say something. And I've been a lot better. Hmm. Um, and yeah, just turn into marriage counseling right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been a I'll lot better. <laughs> <laughs> but what is what are your thoughts? I mean, and I know we've talked about there is no right way to do something, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't be in a perfect situation. But what is your thought process on like if you do have an argument how is what's the best way to debrief to take that time apart and to think and to like um how do you say it like re yeah yeah we think we think you're you know what you said what he said like Mm -hmm. what is the best way to find common ground and not really like not hold that inside you know like if he brushes it off i don't want him to brush it off i want him to talk about Mm -hmm. it because then if not it's going to build up in him so what would you how would you well, I think first of all, the way that that the first of all, pe- people are are by nature reactionists, mm-hmm. right? And so a reactionist is a slave to their emotions. Mm. Now we're all reactionists to a degree. Mm-hmm. Like 
if somebody slaps me in the face, like whatever stirs up in me natural is what's causing a reaction, right? Mm -hmm. So we're all by nature reactionists. But when you look at the difference between the Bible says that uh, self-control is the fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. When you grow in the Lord, you begin to bring how you feel into submission to your will, mm. what you desire, right? And so as you grow in the Lord, you want to less and less be a reactionist. Now, that doesn't mean I'm just going to let people slap me in the face. Mm -hmm. But what that means is that what, however I respond, I want it to be the decision I made, not me being enslaved to mm. the decision I made. Does mm. that make does yes. that make sense? Yeah, the difference? It does. it does. So there are people who have five or six counts of domestic violence mm -hmm. because they're reactionists. Mm -hmm. So they, they have trigger things that make them respond a certain way. You don't ever disrespect me like that. No one talks to me like that, but they are enslaved to their emotions. Mm -hmm. They have no self-control. Therefore they're not exercising the Holy spirit in their life. Mm -hmm. So to just begin identifying in yourself that to be a reactionist is to be enslaved to your flesh, mm -hmm. right? So you want to you want to prayerfully begin to ask God to give you victory right. in 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 decision making above reaction mm -hmm. from how you feel, right? Mm -hmm. Identifying right and wrong separate from how you feel about a scenario. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not to discount how you feel because those things need to be talked out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in the desire to be a good wife or a good husband, you just end up lying about how you feel mm. because mm. you're trying to be pleasing to a person with what they want. Yeah. That's not the same as self-control. Mm -hmm. You're still enslaved to it. You've just halted the vocalizing of it. Mm. Right. And so that's on your side. I would encourage you to begin to pray that the Lord would give you self-control as far as just how not being enslaved to how you feel about something. Mm -hmm. So you'll notice that your cool off period is going to be a lot longer the more you're enslaved to your emotions, mm. right? So like you're really angry and about something that was said and that anger is going to linger longer because basically who you are is built around how you feel about a scenario, mm -hmm. right? Rather than you taking the God and say, what's right, you mm -hmm. know, here. Then on the other hand, the Bible calls him to, calls every husband to dwell with their wives with understanding, mm -hmm. right? and to exercise patience in their leadership the way Christ has. And so I'm all about giving my wife the time she needs. I would hope that prayerfully I could lead her a place that that time is shortened over time, but that's not for me to force her into some place. Because mm -hmm. if you've ever seen ministry done wrong, I pray you haven't, but it's an ugly thing. You can learn from ministry done wrong. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that husbands oftentimes do wrong is that, they begin laying down a list of what their wife should or shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. And then that's not a reality of what God's doing in her. That's more of her just forcing herself to pretend. And then you're going to experience this in marriage that uh, sometimes to do what's right, you're not dealing with the root of the issue. You're simply painting it the way it should be. Mm -hmm. And so it looks like it's okay, but it's not really being dealt with. I experienced that in my marriage. Like my, my wife learned really, quickly like the things that i'm not i stand firmly i won't i don't like being disrespected i don't like being, and i stood strong on those things, and she surrendered to those things mm -hmm. greatly and in a way that people were really ministered to mm -hmm. but those outward displays of, of of submission and they were not a they were not a reflection as to what she was dealing with internally how she was feeling about those things yeah and being that she struggled 
in her upbringing and in her family with communication, Mm -hmm. those things, those things weren't necessarily things that were coming up. And so I start to notice that there's a lingering weight on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I've had to learn, you know, a lot of that stuff. I'm by no means a relationship expert. I'm not a psychologist, like, Mm -hmm. but these are things that I've uh, learned and witnessed. The one thing I can stand firmly on, is like the topics I was talking about self-control or, or dwelling with understanding. Right. Yeah. Like you cannot look at your wife as, um, as like her frailties are holding you back Mm. because her frailties are refining your ability to deal with frailties. Right. Right. And that's the most important thing in a minister Mm. that he's able to bear with people. So you cannot view the frailties of, of, uh, the struggles. I don't want to say frailties because that's a bad word. Mm. That makes it look like it's a bad word. Dealing, like bearing with those difficulties, those challenges, is refining for you. You, mm. you could, you could even, if you look at it in the right lighting, you could be thankful for them because God's teaching you things that you otherwise wouldn't learn. I realize that now. Like, th- recognize this very moment that a big percentage of the advice I'm giving you is coming from the trial of my own life, Mm -hmm. right? The things that I endured. And so, but for you, I would, I would say off the table of just making sure I'm a good wife, making sure I'm being a godly wife. Mm -hmm. It's just before the Lord, Lord, I don't want to be a person that's enslaved to how I feel about things. Mm -hmm. If you've ever had that feeling before, I am a person who by nature is enslaved to how I feel about things. Jealousy. um, I can make the right decisions outwardly concerning jealousy. Like I'm not going to, I'm not even going to react to that. I'm not even going to say nothing. Mm-hmm. But inside, dude, I'm I'm like a punch I'm hitting a punching bag with how I feel internally, right? Like and but those are things I've learned to take to God and say, "You know what, Lord? I'm not ignoring these things. I'm bringing them to you." Mm-hmm. But I'm also asking for you to give me self-control yeah. so that I'm not enslaved to how I feel about a scenario because how we feel about a scenario is not accurate to Mm -hmm. the facts of a scenario. Mm -hmm. Sometimes what, what do you, how do you minister to a person when they come to you and say, I don't feel like God loves me. Mm -hmm. Well, God does it. Yeah. But I don't feel it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? And all of a sudden you hit a wall. Well, Mm -hmm. this person's convinced that the only way for something to be real is how they feel about it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. Yeah. Right. So there's marriages that fail. Right. When a wife's like, I just don't feel like you love me anymore. Well, what, what do you mean? I do love you. Well, I don't feel like you love me anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? Like, mm-hmm. how do you, where do you really, what, how can a, how can any man, you know, assure that he'll steer clear from that scenario? He can. Mm-hmm. The only thing that he can do is encourage his wife not to be enslaved to her emotions, how mm-hmm. we feel about things. Right. Cause I feel like I hate myself sometimes, or I feel like, like, like I don't want to do what God asked me to do because I'm too depressed or I don't think I'm capable or I, I've shared with him in recent, real recent scenario. I feel like I'm hurting people more than I'm helping people, mm. but see the feelings notice yeah. feel yeah. like yeah. I'm hurting people. And it takes a good friend to say to me, do you're not God's using right. you, yeah. you know? And so learning to check how we feel about scenarios mm. again, remember our feelings. The Bible says that the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful right. above mm. all else. Yeah who can know it but the lord yeah and um uh, sorry who can know it i the lord know it is what mm-hmm. he says mm-hmm. right. i don't want to misquote um but that's that's what i that's what i would encourage you to grow in mm-hmm. a, a woman who is not enslaved to how she feels but brings her decision making under submission to her will in the spirit like mm-hmm. her her what she discerns 
that God's showing her. Mm -hmm. There's nothing more beautiful than a person being able to, to look at themselves before they speak and be like, you know what? Don't say that. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'll take this to the Lord. And, and sometimes the most powerful thing you could do when a person's coming at you or doing something that's hurting you is to look at them and let them know, let them know, like, you know what? Like, this is hard for me right now. Mm -hmm. Like, but I'm going to, I'm going to take it to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Dude, that there's little things that will halt a husband like, like somebody admitting like, hey, this is not easy for me. Just a couple of days ago, I, I was arguing with my wife and I said to her, I said, you're not listening to what I'm telling you as to what's going on here. You're only seeing how you feel about it. And she looked at me and said, that's true, but I feel like you're not really hearing what I'm saying to you because you're so focused on what you know is happening or what you know is more important. And I was halted because I was like, that's true. I have a tendency to assess and, and assess the scenario and know what the right thing to do is. And then just completely discard anything else. Just mm. like, this is truth and this is all there is. Mm. And, and the reality is, is that when people are putting an effort for something that they're trying to do, that's a, that's a lot of, what they're carrying and it, mm. and it needs to be recognized if by anybody in the world, it should be their own spouse to be able to recognize that they're carrying mm. something. So that's something my brother, brother-in-law Howard, he recently shared with me and he won't mind me. He knows I love him. He was saying how he won an argument with my sister mm. and in winning the argument though, she's in he tears, failed. she's in tears. And Later on, uh, after they settled down, like the, he showed her, well, you see, like I was, I was still right though. She's like, yeah, but look at what you did to me to, to like to get to get there. She's like, so because of that, like you're still kind of wrong in it. And he's like, ah, oh, I can't win <laughs> because <laughs> because it's true. Like you do have to take into account the understanding of my emotional at times fiance. Not that you're emotional, but that's what God has blessed. Well, not everybody's a robot like Sal yeah. too, though. You know, <laughs> not know. emotional. He just, won't cry at all. Uh, oh yes, he. Oh yes, he will. But. You better. Just kidding. No. One. Oh, one gosh. more thing. I did. I. I did want to ask, mm -hmm. and I think we need to hear this. And I uh -oh. think people out listening could get um, something out of this also. Um, how? And I guess it's related to balance, because mm. even now mm. we're not married. How do you know? Yeah, even now, like we're not married, and uh, maybe we'll have. I mean, I don't, I don't even know more time then. Um, but even now, like we don't hardly date anymore, mm. you know, because we're just doing ministry and no, 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 and I it's failed. not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, hey, we're is. both involved in it. I'm like <laughs> with him, you know, I'm right next to him. Like I'm here with him mm. all the time. Like he's here, here's with me, or I'm with him, you know. And, we do um, spend a lot of time. Yeah, we do together. spend a lot of time together, but it's always like ministry or doing something, you know, we're wedding planning. So that's also another thing. So what is it like? I mean, you being, I don't know how many years married are you? Six. Six years married and you also being in ministry. How do you balance still dating your wife? Mm. And this is an area I've failed in tremendously mm. um, in my marriage mm -hmm. and that God's taught me recently to, mm -hmm. to re- uh, establish what's important right mm -hmm. so i made the the uh tenacious mistake of believing that time spent together is sufficient mm -hmm. uh well we're together we're both doing this like we're both here mm -hmm. and uh 
because because that's not the way Jesus treats me, right? He 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 lets me know that his eyes are on me, mm. and he's and and um and you asked me, so I'm being honest, right? Yeah. So yeah. so um when people become fixtures, a fixture is like like that that dove plaque that's always in the background, mm-hmm. right? Like. Mm-hmm. When that was purchased, it was like, wow, this is really cool. Don't you like this? Yeah, this is awesome. This would look really nice. Yeah. But then once it's there, mm-hmm. like it's it, you show a few people and they come over and oh, I like that. And yeah. then after a while, it's just a fixture. It's right. just there. Yeah. Right. And we do that to people that we love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the most loyal people get fixtured even faster mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Th- because they're down. They're gonna be there. They'll show up. You know, these 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 friends that were in what seemed to me ridiculously difficult relationships. I would watch young guys when I was single in relationships. And as soon as, as soon as he didn't touch her hand or as soon as he didn't, he forgot to say she's storming out of the room. And I'm just like, Oh my God, Mm. that's, that's reason for me to never want to be married. (laughs) I never want to be in a relationship, but however, those, those kind of relationships, which I don't recommend people being that way, but, but the ones that survived, you find that that man had more effort in finding out what's pleasing to her mm. than the man who had a submissive girlfriend. And what a shame of a reality that, that the girl who is off would get more from a husband mm. than the girl who is on. And that's a shame. Mm. So, so these are rebukes that I gave, I give to myself like years, just a few years back. Right. Mm. Like, these are things that if I get a chance to correct a young Mikey, I do. Right. Mm. And that is do not think that because somebody's watching in the room or watching you do what you're doing, that they're with you mm. because relation, because particularly wives, I believe need, need to know that they're important, you know, and that, that the world has stopped in this moment for them. And I'm not saying that a woman I'm speaking to him mm-hmm. because I'm not saying that a woman should demand this. It's kind of like one of the best advice I think I could give to any couple is that a woman looks at her handbook and that a man looks at his. Every Christian, almost almost across the board, when they're heading towards marriage or hoping to meet somebody, mm-hmm. I see them doing the exact opposite. They're experts on what what their husband's going to be. And the husbands are experts on what when my wife comes, she's gonna be submissive, she's gonna be this. And dude, you're you're reading the wrong handbooks. Mm-hmm. The wife is looking, the potential wife is looking at a husband's handbook. It's not for her. Mm-hmm. Her handbook is what God tells her that she needs to be. His handbook is what God tells him he needs to be. So my instruction, I I, I tread lightly. You're hearing what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. But but I'm not here to tell you he should be doing this for you. He should be doing mm-hmm. that for you. Right. I'm gonna. I'm here to tell him that for you to find fulfillment in the true bride, uh, the true groom, mm-hmm. and that is Christ, right? Because every every man, the best man, is a frail Superman. He is a frail savior. He's a makes for a poor mm-hmm. savior. Mm-hmm. And what happens when women aren't feeding their relationship with Christ as Him being the source of who they need as a savior Mm -hmm. they then they start needing their husband to be the savior and what happens is they end up with a very incapable 
scenario. A man can't be. He's he's called from his handbook to love her as Christ loves the church, mm-hmm. but she, he's not. That's not written in her handbook. Her handbook is to look at the Lord, mm-hmm. right, and to have His back and respect Him and love Him, right, and mm-hmm. trust that the Lord who she's surrendered to is going to deal with Him. Mm-hmm. That's what's so important about these kind of conversations. I usually, I mean, I'm not a marriage counselor, you know, <laughs> but. Like, I like the conversations I get to have with him about mm-hmm. what he needs to be. And if I were to ever have a conversation with you, it, w- it wouldn't be like, yeah, he better do this for you. you know, <laughs> it would never, it would, it'll never oh, be that right. because yeah. because I'm more interested in you looking at where you should be with Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that being said, bro, like, I, I, I blast this out on the table, dude. It is a poor uh, counterfeit to think that Someone standing next to you as you give your undivided attention to someone else is going to feed them the same way that it does when you give them your undivided attention. Mm. It is a foolish thing to believe that 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 those are sufficient mm. in exchange for each other. If I could go back and change anything about the last six years of my marriage, I would I would cut people out mm. for her rather than cut her out for people. One of my biggest flaws is is um, an unreasonable level of importance. So, mm-hmm. like, if a little kid's telling me that he's sad because his popsicle fell off this popsicle stick, if I could see how much this means to this little kid, he's got all my undivided attention. But his his scenario, though it's big to him, and that's beautiful that I could see that in the child is relatively small to a person who just got news that their son died or something. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I I need to grow in my overall panned out big picture. I do think that God's used me in the way that I give undivided attention to what's in front of me because people can feel that when I'm talking to them. But my wife has paid, dude, with many times in our marriage with how much I was giving to the people in front of me. And how much she was just left on the sidelines waiting, you know, and then me just saying like, hey, go with me and me trading that in for me spending time with her. Like, dude, three times this week she went with me and I did this and I did that. Yeah. And but all she did was be second in line to me loving someone. Yeah. And dude, I, I, I dragged her through that for years without realizing I was doing it. That's crazy because... Your that fact that that has happened in yours and Pao's relationship, people have like come along the sides of Paulina and you guys are like, dude, that's the best awesome thing about your relationship. And the trippy thing is not like that that should be completely done away with, mm. but there were times in that where you felt you failed before the Lord. And to me, that's like, whoa, there's a whole other flip side to that story that like maybe other people haven't Mm -hmm. seen you know you see the question there is like is like the benefits reaped by how much an individual is surrendered to christ like Mm -hmm. like i can't make this decision for my wife but how much degree of her is surrendered to the lord allows those trials that she went through in our in our first six years of marriage to bear fruit in her life Mm -hmm. if if she's not choosing to walk close to the lord she doesn't get to see the fruit of that she only gets the bitterness of that pill Mm -hmm. But there is fruit to be bared from that, even that sorrow, because, because inevitably you start turning to Christ in a different way when you say, Lord, like, 
there's there's things that are missing in my heart even though i'm married or even though i'm going through this or think about this think about the dividends of reward for the sacrifice that she suffered for other people that's one thing i love about freddie if you ever go back and listen to that podcast he's one of the few people dude that he was like in tears bro like like pow's sacrifice for me mm. see if you watch that back bro i don't think i don't think the camera panned on me dude i had tears in my eyes yeah because nobody saw that bro mm -hmm. nobody saw like what she was sacrificing for me to serve them the way i did yeah and he did bro as simple as that man is and as all the other things that you may think you see in freddie dude that dude saw that bro mm -hmm. he saw that and he often told her that he he would go up to her and say you made the sacrifice for me you see me i was i'm a i'm a robot who does what he does bro mm -hmm. i can't help myself my wife had to make sacrifices dude for me to do stuff like that mm -hmm. and you know god's brought her in re real recent i'm talking like month recent mm -hmm. to a place of saying like i'm not i'm i'm not trying to talk you out of being who you are because i know you, she, my wife dude God's doing a cool work in her right now, dude. Mm. And I see it, bro. Like I could see it in like her heart, you know, but it, you know, we by no means are like the picturesque couple. If there's anything picturesque, it is two people that know that they needed the Lord and then allow God to use every trial that you endure to become dividends for your walk. Like, right. Mm to let those those trials become addition to you as a person i can't protect you guys from the things you're going to face because i don't know what you're going to face mm -hmm. but if you're fully surrendered to the lord you'll watch those things become molding process in the hand of god remember like i said earlier who's daniel without the lion's den mm -hmm. you know who's joseph without the coat of many colors and what happened to him right like who are the people without their trials? Mm -hmm. And so you can't run from them. You, the, the wisdom you glean from these kind of questions, I, I pray that they're good, but but they aren't they aren't intended to just protect you from trial. Yeah. Like your marriage shouldn't be without trial. Like Dave, mm -hmm. he jokes about it all the time. You ever get a chance to talk to Dave and Zinda about it? But he's like, oh, you guys got to, I can't wait for you guys to fight. You got to fight. <laughs> you know? like, and it's a joke, dude. He's yeah. joking, but the reality is a hidden truth behind it because once you're in a place where you're like, dude, I can't stand what this person's doing right now like or how could you do that dude like what did you think how did you think i was gonna feel finding that out or hearing that you know and those kind of disappointments they they cause you to know that that person's not your savior they're never supposed to be your savior mm. you know like for christians to be like oh like you know this person completes me like you know like it's like Listen, I know I, I'm not bashing that when it comes to cards that we write to each other or whatever, mm -hmm. but understand this, dude, like you, your spouse makes a terrible Christ, mm. you know, they're not Christ. The beauty, yeah. I love what Sharon said. She was like, I fell so in love with the Lord that I saw this guy who served the one that I was in love with mm. and it made me fall in love with him. Mm. And that was raw, right? She like, when he got saved, she was praying for him to get saved. You could read her book. I recommend you reading her book, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, she was praying and praying for her husband to get saved. He was this godless woman who was violent and mean and all this stuff, right? Then he finally gets saved, and then she loses him mm -hmm. to ministry. 
Mm. And she was so heartbroken, dude. And she wrote this book called My Husband, My Maker, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, in that book, she talks about how she just told the Lord, like, you know what? Like, you're you're the one, like, you're the only one that's going to always be what I need. But then something started happening in the way that she saw him because she fell in love with Jesus in a new way. And then she saw this servant who was so about the one that she loves. Mm. And it just caused her to love him in some unique different way you know and so um yeah dude that's don't Mm -hmm. trade in do not trade in sitting next to each other for facing each other Mm -hmm. is that for lack of better words yeah i feel i see what you mean yeah i think that's something we can work on i could work on for sure i have definitely I encourage you Maybe. to I encourage you to <laughs> heighten it on on your level of importance. You yeah. know, it's like when we're busy people, it's hard to find time. But understand, and you know this, bro. Mm-hmm. You've heard me say it a billion times. You know, um, not a billion times. That's a bit of an exaggeration, Mikey. Um, <laughs> you've heard me say it a bunch of times. Um, um, the level of importance will determine on how you make things happen yeah. because you have to eat. You have to use the restroom. Right. So you're going to do those things. Mm-hmm. You're going to use the restroom today, mm-hmm. right? So how important is it to you? You know, like, let me tell you something, bro. I've disappointed people. I hate disappointing people, dude. I hate this phone call. Hey, I'm not going to be able to make it, dude. But let me tell you something, dude. Like, everybody gets on the chopping block before my wife, dude. Mm. Except Christ. Yeah. So it was earlier when we were talking, dude, one of the things, you know, cause people throw around what's important, you know, like first Jesus, you know, your ministry and then your ministry is eternal and you know, your wife and like they start putting all these, dude, I, I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'm, I'm just going to go out on a limb and just say it's Christ first, then your wife. And then what you do in ministry, hmm. like, because here's the thing, dude, like your wife is the only ministry that's 24 seven. Yeah. It's 24. It's like, it is when you rest, when you rise, when you, when you, when you're angry, when you're happy, when you're sad, when you're off, when you're on, it's, it is, it is always, and it was, and it's the only ministry that you're one with Mm. that is your half of who you are, dude, what you're doing at a church and all that stuff, dude, like those things. I mean, that's his ministry Mm. that you're serving under like your ministry is your wife, you know? Yeah. So is first Christ because sometimes a woman will demand if she's not walking with the Lord, she'll demand that your eyes are upon her more than Christ. Mm. That's the nature of the Bible. It's part of the fallen nature, like desiring after her husband, like, like make me your God, you know? Yeah. It's a thirst that can show up, you know, but so never, she's never replacing who the Lord is. But after that, bro, Mm. like, be 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 quick to let people think bad of you to to be a good husband i see what you're saying then to yeah. sacrifice her so that people don't think bad of you hmm. that was a mistake i made bro mm. i'll take that i'll take that anything else yeah <laughs> two two quick two questions. more two no, quick questions. Questions. <laughs> no i'll stay here as long as you want well you know what? no 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 this, this is fairly set not for you sorry okay. <laughs> um I kind of, I'm curious just to pick your brain a little bit, um, how you felt doing this with the last hour and a half, two hours. Um, Mm. I enjoyed it. I think just Mm. telling my, my story and then seeing like, even me realizing like, whoa, God did do that in my life. Mm -hmm. And then like just being ministered really by like your advice about 
you know, marriage and yeah. what to prepare for. Yeah. Um, but on really, it's just the Lord is the Lord is good, mm-hmm. and just seeing what He's done in my life, it's like man, and how and it's good how you said um, about like the the part of like when people think it's like has to be perfect from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like no, the mm-hmm. Lord has to break you. <laughs> yeah, the Lord yeah. has to break you, and He He will. Mm. He will, and that's the only way you're gonna be able to see. Mm-hmm. And really, just to have a, I like really want, especially like women to know, like just have a heart after the Lord. Mm. I just think that's make what, Him your center. I think that's what He's honoring in your life, you know. Yeah. Because you 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 don't know all. You may not have known all the answers, but you. But Jesus, dude, it's crazy how like Mary and Martha, you know, mm-hmm. He's like. Who, if you cornered both of those women and you asked who knew more about ministry, I bet you, I bet you it's Martha who knows mm. more, you know, mm. but like Mary just had the heart, bro. Yeah. What, what can you, mm. what command say against that? Serving you know? at the Lord's feet. That's cool. I'm going to, um, how, man, go ahead. I want to know how you felt this last. Well, I felt I was impressed. That was what I was going to say right now was, the last couple of times we've had you with the mic on, I've been like, man, <laughs> like the Lord just gives her the words. And she also too has a, a good way of insight and um, a good way of kind of realizing what's going on in the conversation and just like being able to have like depth in your thought where you have this thought process that's like you are just going, you know, going, going, going. It's cool. So I don't know. I'd maybe to encourage you, like putting that mic in front of your face somehow. You know, <laughs> when, I'm I'm excited for what this podcast is going to turn into in the near future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we could all just, you know, as a group, be praying about the guests that we're going to have, prayerfully considering, mm-hmm. uh, even just the conversations that just us four. Might be able to, yep. to dig into. One know. of the things I, I'd like to do, I don't know, I don't know how many people will get this deep into the podcast because um, I never know. Like you can't mm-hmm. tell from the numbers. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have 28 views, but like how much of those people will watch for like 30 seconds <laughs> right. or whatever. But um, one of the things I'd love to see in the future is just sort of a small live audience, like a small, mm-hmm. and then just do uh, a conversation. Like people can ask questions and where they can watch us answer questions that were maybe sent in. Mm. We could just discuss those things at a table, mm. um, the things that are brought up as questions. And so maybe we can um, make like a teaser video or something where we begin asking people like, Hey, come up with some, some thought provoking questions or things kind of like those ones you asked at the mm. end. Mm-hmm. And then we could just sit down and discuss, chop some of that stuff up. Have you had any ideas like for the podcast that you've ever thought, I wonder if they did things like that or like this. Mm. Um, no, I know. No, really, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of outside of just watching everything. So I think um, having a place is going to benefit us a lot. Yeah, yeah I think so too. I think one, I think the setup and teardown has been a, a hurdle. Yeah. In in our podcast, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know, just 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 the rethinking and re trying it, trying it, and which is good yeah. though because we've developed stuff, you know, but. But if we find if we find a, a like a good spot, you know, like there's been podcasts that we've done where like, dude, that angle looks it looks good. It came out <laughs> good, 
and and i'm like but it doesn't stay right because yeah. we're like next week or this way yeah. or that way and so i think i think it'd be great if for we sure do. cool cool well i have one last question for you yes. you said how much do you love me <laughs> <laughs> this much <laughs> how can we pray for you oh yeah um if you could just pray that i just continue to have a, a servant's heart mm. just a servant's heart just one after the lord above anything else wow there's and for the Dodgers to win the World 2021 the World Series. <laughs> Shout great. out Dodgers. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. I noticed. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, just a servant's heart. All right. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. God, just go before Lisette in her life and bless her, Father. I pray, Father, that you would continue to reveal yourself to her in deeper more beautiful ways. I pray, Father, that you would continue to, in her life, Lord God, those obstacles that are coming her way, just part those Red Seas, Father. Provide for her. I pray and I ask, Lord God, that you would continue to mold and shape her, Lord. We thank you, Father, for how she's blessed this podcast, Father. We thank you that she has been serving unto you, Lord. And Lord God, I pray, Father, that as the enemy might even try to creep in, Father, with old fears and things of the world, Lord. I, I pray, Father, that you would just continue to give her victory, Lord, in you, in Christ alone. May she find victory standing on your promises. And I pray and I ask, Lord God, that you would show her, Father, just what it is to be a servant who worships you, Lord. Just continue to mold and shape that character in her. And Father, just give her, Lord God, even the blessings on this life, Lord God, a just favor at her work, protection, and continue to just bless her, Father. We love you. Prepare us, Father, for marriage. Provide for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's a wrap.